on today's show. We are getting to know Cameron. But first, promos and pleases. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up, Andre Psyche, and add a little creative inspiration to your social media circle. Listeners, listen up. Get 25% off your order at ShadyRays.com by using the promo code GETTING. Use GETTING when checking out to get 25% off on the best sunglasses around. Shady Rays takes extreme pride in their multi-layered lens technology, which is made for high visibility and strength, making it shatter-resistant. Go get you a pair or two by going to ShadyRays.com, perusing their polarized sunglasses, then using the promo code GETTING when you check out. It'll save you 25% on your order. Please subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod on whatever app you're listening on. Please give a five-star rating. Please take some time to write a review. Please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on social media. Pretty, pretty, please tell someone about the pod. All of your clicking, linking, sharing, rating, reviewing, starring, tagging, and simple old school speaking about the pod is greatly appreciated. And now... Getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. And Cameron, I found out, is a fellow teacher and apparently has traveled to more places than I will ever be in several lifetimes. So thanks, Cameron, for coming on, letting people get to know you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was really shocked when you actually reached out. I was like, oh, should I take this opportunity or not? And I was like, what else am I going to get the chance to talk about myself on a podcast nonetheless? So yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm always curious selfishly to like, best way to break through the, hey, I'm not a catfish wall. Because I do have like a copied message that I just shoot off to people with the links in it. And it does seem, I feel like it seems very, I don't know, like I'm going to steal your identity vibe. I, I can see that, but I don't know. Maybe I think it's the fact that our, and this isn't me trying to be like spirit, uh, I don't know, like inspirational or anything like that. It's legit. Like our society is just built to have so many people scamming you all the time. Like your defense is automatically up no matter what you're going to say to me. But it's whether or not, like, I think you just have to hit the right person, which obviously I was one of them that was like, you know, what? I'm just going to take this opportunity because what's the worst that happens? I just don't accept the meeting and I don't come in. But yeah, I'm really, really excited actually chat about this and that it worked out perfectly. Yeah, I'm always very grateful that people are um, like not brave enough, but brave enough to reply. And I do the whole like, hey, just messaged you. And I try to make it like a little personal on the reply in the comment. But the DM messages are just a copy and paste out of notes because I send, it's kind of sad, but I'll be like on a Saturday, I'll go grab lunch, watch some basketball in a bar and fire off like 50 messages. <laughs> and I'm just like, we'll see who responds to it. But I, I don't know, man, I like kind of the randomness of who replies because then at least, you know, they do want to come on and talk. They're not like fearful or they're not forced, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And if I remember, I think you you commented on, a post that um, I commented on originally, you commented underneath, and it was about like climate change and this um, really cool 
bench that they made in some cities that have algae in them and they've been taking carbon dioxide. Yeah, that's you know, right. That was yeah. – there was some idiot on there. It's like this is going to replace trees. And, yeah, and then, I just was like, we got to like make sure that this is a great idea and definitely use it. But like so many people were arguing in the comments about, you know, this is going to replace trees. Like, no, we can't just replace trees. This isn't an end all yeah. be all solution. Like we have to still keep our trees in our environments. Not only do they work for habitats and everything, obviously there's the carbon sequestration and all that stuff. Like this is what I, I studied botany and geology in school. So I'm actually very passionate about this. Um but like, it's really great for carbon sequestration. Um, I mentioned the habitats, but also like soil erosion and all these other things. And I was just getting personally heated on all these people just thinking you could just like get rid of trees and that's fine. Like, no, like that's a horrible way to look at it, but still keep this incredible invention in these cities that can still kind of fix or negate the things that we've been doing to our environment, honestly. Yeah. It just seemed like a natural filter. And I'm like, I don't get it. It's like the whole post isn't about replace a tree with this. Like, I would get it if it was a solar field and you're like, hey, let's deforest the side of a mountain, throw up a bunch of whatever windmills and solar panels to harvest energy. But this was like, no, the space is there. And it's kind of cool to see stuff growing like a fish tank-ish vibe. And yeah. It filters, like not going to replace a tree, enhancing, enhancing. And enhancing, like, great word. I yeah. never, I just, that's it, interesting since I'm a comment scroller. <laughs> to hear, to like, just see what triggers people and to almost judge them a lot and be like, I don't think you get this. I don't think you get the point of this. I don't know why you're upset. Are you looking? Yeah, to be that's upset? why I kind of put my comment. I was like, guys, like, yeah, this is cool. Just make sure this isn't for deforestation. And like this one guy was just like really in there arguing, be like, well, you know, talking about like, well, there's always going to be de deforestation. I'm like, I'm not saying that. Like, yeah, we're going to still use trees to build houses and stuff, but maybe we shouldn't get rid of all of them. Like, right. I don't know what his deal was, but it was, it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Do, um, do you have much, like, are you a frequent social media comment poster at those random kind of things? Or was that new for you? I used to not be, but I would say most more recently. I feel like for like a lot, like a good portion of my life, I think I was just scared to speak out. I think partly because I was one, afraid of people judging me and my opinions and like, Two, wasting my time a little bit on the arguments that might ensue from there. And then um, also this is kind of a unique one maybe to me, but like I'm also always worried about like professionals and like whatever field I end up being in having this opinion of me, especially as a teacher. I feel like I'm so nervous to speak out, especially on anything that's a hot topic issue because I'm always scared it's going to come back at me thinking that, oh, well, you're using your thoughts and opinions to then push my children whatever, whatever. And it's like, no, but I'm still a human and I still want my opinions to be out there instead. I, I don't know. It's a very tricky line to like balance, especially because I've only been teaching for two years. I'm still trying to learn that, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it generally is in my mind, like I, some, some posts that I'm very passionate about, I'm very scared to say things. But recently I've just been like, you know what? Like it's my life and I want to make sure that I still have my voice heard and like what I have to say means something. And so I've just kind of been more willy nilly with it. But just yeah. Letting it fly. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, do you? So I went through a phase where I got into, and it was just stupid NBA tweeting during the playoffs, like a year and yeah, a year ago, where for some reason it was like three weeks straight of if someone clapped back at me, I was like, let's just go because it's fucking entertaining. I'm like, I'm never letting anything go. I'm going to be extremely petty. I'm going to point out stupid shit. I'm going to be snarky. And I'm like, I'm just going to be a troll for a week. And it was. 
like kind of fun, but then it got amazingly boring because I was like, it's fruitless, right? Like, I'm not trying to really change you. I don't know if this means anything. And I'm curious for you, like the speaking out portions, awesome, but does it feel almost like hollow, like yelling into a empty hallway at times? Or is it enjoyable because you feel like some of the comments like almost make you like have to validate your thought? Because that's the other part is like, if I believe this and people clap back, can I respond intelligently? Because then this is a good thought because I have thought it through. I definitely only try to speak on things that I feel confident in my knowledge on, you know, like obviously climate and everything. Like I've studied it for four years in school. I still talk about it in environmental science now. Like I'm reading the sources, I'm looking at it daily and trying to communicate these um, ideas to not just my students at times, depending on what it is, but also like my friends and family. And yeah, I guess like sometimes when I put it online, sometimes it's to just get my own, like, oh, I just need to say this out. But sometimes it is like, I like to throw some like, like fun facts out there. Like, actually, this is a great idea. Or like, you know, put it, add my kind of little tidbits in there that is interesting or useful. Um, (laughs) One time I even like, I've occasionally actually found like sources and like, sent the information that I got it from and be like, Hey, like, I, I'm not sure if you even care. Like, I think your opinion's kind of incorrect, but if you want, like, here's like a really good source you can use to educate yourself. I said it in much nicer terms than I'm saying here. Like it was it's supposed to be friendly, but sometimes I think people take it as passive aggressive, which I guess it can be, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like it, it's sometimes just me getting my own, like, I just need to say this out. But other times it's like, actually, like, I want to share something cool. Like, this is another one that I saw. Um, I watch this documentary with my kids on plastic that goes like, like how the plastic industry is. And part of this documentary talks about how recycling is actually a concept that was made by the plastic companies themselves to try to save face. And they marketed it as something that can be constantly renewed and used over and over and over and over again. But it turns out like that's just not true or like even if it can be, it's just not cost effective. So they won't even anyway. So I've actually like suggested that documentary out to people like like just who might appreciate it, like on a post that like other people are agreeing on. I'm like, hey, if you guys like this, this is a really great documentary you could watch that like made me like open my eyes. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize how horrific the plastic can like I always knew plastic could be problematic but we're raised from when I was young you know just reduce reuse recycle over and over again and thinking this is a perfect way to solve this problem but it's not and it, it, it's one of those things where unfortunately you feel kind of depressed at the end of the document like that's the worst great now what but yeah. at the same time it's like good to know because now we can continue looking for other solutions and I, I actually am very passionate about that and just think it's I don't want to share that information to people yeah it's Funny because the fact that you recycle something makes you, at least makes me, less inclined to use single use. Or I'm sorry, more inclined to use single use because I'm like, fuck it, man, it's getting recycled. (laughs) So it doesn't hurt. It's more convenient. And then I'm also helping. And then in my head, I also justify like, plus I'm like creating jobs for all these factory people and like the people who haul it. But when you really think about it, I don't know how it could be a net positive for the environment with just the logistics of getting the plastic places. I'm like, that has to just the pure transportation has to hurt whatever it is we're saving by recycling it. Yeah. And it's only certain things that are recyclable. And part of this documentary even speaks on this this shocked me that if you look at um, like your plastic containers, like, you know, like raspberries and stuff, how they come in those plastic containers. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they have that little recycling symbol. That does not necessarily mean that it's recyclable. Yeah. So even though you see it, like, you think, oh, I can recycle this. No, it doesn't mean that it necessarily will be recycled. And in fact, it probably isn't going to be. Yeah, or like when you throw the peanut butter jar, because it can be recycled in the recycling, but it can't get used because there's a bunch of, like, peanut butter all throughout it. it. Yep. You know, like your milk jug, it's like, dude, you have to rinse it. Nah, man, you just recycle it. You're like, no, you can't. No, the Starbucks cup cannot go in there with your Frappa Mocha milkshake leftovers. Like you're yeah. screwing up the machines. You're actually hurting recycling by doing this. Exactly. And it's really sad too, because not only is this stuff going into landfills, which we could, if, on the geology aspect of that, right? We're actually, there's a, a debate in geology right now to actually define a new um, time period, basically, in the geologic time scale. Um, called the Anthropocene after humans, because we are contributing so much to all this plastic and stuff that's going in the ground that's going to be in this future geology, like geologic sequence. And we're, it's kind of a time period. And now, like, say, should we define a whole geologic time period after people? Or should we kind of keep it by the normal con- like naming constructs like from before? So that's actually a huge debate right now. But so that's one thing is like putting all this stuff in the ground. Then you have the massive um, island of trash over in the Pacific that's just growing and growing. And thankfully, there's like um, my students always want to bring it up that Mr. Beast, have you seen his video? <laughs> like, no, I haven't. But apparently he does a cleaning effort, but stuff like that. And then the last thing like with these these plastics is like um, microplastics are also kind of scary. Me and a fellow teacher had a whole conversation on the lack of knowledge surrounding microplastics and how they're building up in our like your bloodstream and like your body and how there's currently nobody on earth they were trying to do a study um she was telling me about this that they were trying to do a study to see um the effects of it and they're trying to find a control group looks like somebody who doesn't have any they couldn't (laughs) find anyone who doesn't have microplastics in them nowadays so they had to actually take um blood samples from i think like war veterans years ago and try to compare it to that but like they're finding it in breast milk and they're finding it in like the placentas of babies and everything it's like crazy the the things that are like we're digesting just from the plastic we're using and we have no idea about the long-term effects just yet which is crazy so that's kind of where my mind goes and it might be very simplistic and maybe it's because i hang out with middle schoolers but i'm like (laughs) so if i have plastic that's whatever i drink some water that has some microplastics in it and then it gets into my body when I just poop or pee it out, right? Like, why is that bad for my body? But then I've heard, and I forget what the, whatever that membrane is in your brain that keeps stuff from floating in and out. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking. Do you know I what don't I'm know talking about. It's almost like this force field, but it, but it, it's, it's you can poke it, like you can see it. It's some sort of plasma or something. But it's like if if plastics were able to penetrate that and actually start screwing with organs and like clogging things. They're like, you could fuck around and have like a stroke. You could set different parts yeah. of your brain off or nip things as it's floating around your body. I'm like, oh, so it's like a stray comet that you're mm-hmm. just hoping doesn't hit the earth to survive. That's such a great comparison. Cause like, exactly. Like we don't, again, we don't know, like maybe it could. And what are the effects of that? We have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder how many people even today, like maybe there are complications that we're not even sure of that could be due to this that like we'll find out later on. Like it's it's kind of crazy to think about. And again, it's just one of those things that like I try to be as sustainable as possible in my life. But I also recognize that like I'm in a society where it's not necessarily 
I'm not able to do that without like giving up everything that I know and love. So it's such a fine balance too. Just like, I want to be a great person. I want to help the environment. I want to love my life and have fun. And also like, it's really convenient sometimes just to have plastic, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's a tricky situation with all of it. Yeah. It's a weird, you almost get guilted into whatever, like just buying the 99 cent cheap bottle from the guy selling it on the street. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like, Legit. fuck man, I'm ruining the environment, but I'm also helping this guy's pocket. Have you ever thought about doing the, and it was a trend. I don't know if it was like a viral trend or whatever, but like the one jar waste for a year. Thing. I saw that. Do you remember? I feel like I'd, I'd fail it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. As much as I try to be a good person, there's just no way. Like I think about it all the time. Like, so I moved out of my parents' house maybe two years ago when I got this job. And I never realized how much trash I make until I have to take out the trash every single day. And it's just mine. Like when you're in a family, you can be like, oh, you know, it's my brother. It was my sister. It was my mom or my dad that put all this here. But between me and my boyfriend, like I'm like, holy crap, the amount of things I'm putting in here. So as much as I'd love to try that, I, I'd really have to plan my life ahead to do that. And that ideally, that'd be great. And I know it might, I might sound like I'm not practicing what I'm preaching at times, but I try to be as much as I can. But at the same time, once again, like there's only so much I can do. I like, I do my part to try to go to like places or like try to buy things. Like I don't use plastic bags at the grocery store. I try not to like put my uh, fruits and vegetables in plastic. I just put it directly in the cart, stuff like that. But like, I realized like, I like my chips and stuff and like, I'm not like, what am I going to do? Just not have them just because they're in plastic. Like I can't, like that's something you need to push like policies for like start changing these things and start finding suitable like containers and stuff but that's just something way out of my (laughs) range dude i thought about like how if for a year so if there was like a million dollars if you could just produce a jar's worth of waste for a year and then whatever 365 days in a year so like every day that you don't make it to the year you take away 10 grand from the million so if you make it or like maybe you get 10 grand a day that you could do it i'm like could i even make it a day in mm-hmm. one day, I'm like, I look at my coffee filter and I'm like, what would I do with my coffee? I guess you throw the coffee grinds out and then I'm like, can I reuse the filter? Okay, I could buy a reusable filter. And then I'm like, would I have to get a bidet? <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's right? a great one. Like and, your, your toilet paper, that's a great one. Dude, and now I'm at like 6.45 in the morning. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, now what happens if I run out of toothpaste, right? I've used the last of my toothpaste jar. What do I do with my toothbrush if it's time to change it, right? And you just yeah. start thinking about your day and it's like, how could you, I bought a candy bar from a vending machine. What do I do with that wrapper? Mm-hmm. Like to what you're saying with the chips and you're like, you're screwed by lunch. The jar's filled. Oh yeah. DoorDash. That's my biggest oh, issue. Gosh, <laughs> I think I DoorDash probably like three to four times a week. Number one, it's hurting the environment. The <laughs> plastic that I'm using in my DoorDash containers. But two, my pocket is hurting and I need to find a new way. I need to, again, comes back to prepping ahead, right? If I just yeah. meal prep and put it in my reusable container. <laughs> but again, I'm also 24 and learning how to navigate my own life. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe you DoorDash that often. Three Dude, to four it's so times. Bad. It's the Poke Bowls. They're so good. <laughs> I get my tuna in there, my salmon and the ponzu sauce. And I'm, I'm like, I lock my door. The kids aren't allowed in for the, uh, like, unless they really have to, they need help with homework. But like, I'm like, leave me alone for my hour of lunch and I'm going to enjoy my boat people. Maybe my, my coworker, she's my, um, actually my best friend for 10 years. We, this is our third job working together. 
and she'll come in and we'll, we'll gossip and talk. She's an English teacher. And yeah, so that's, that's all my pokey bowl and we'll chop together. And yeah. That is the stereotype of stereotypes. For it really me. is. I feel like you should pivot now into your student loan debt and complain about having like 150 grand, even though you door dash three to four times a day or three that's, or four that's times so a day. That's so funny, actually. You know, I was really lucky because like, not to like brag, but like I worked really hard in high school. Like I was the kid that only took honors. I like took like eight AP classes. I was taking um, uh, dual enrollment classes for Spanish. Um, don't ask me to speak Spanish on here. Like I'm scared. But like, <laughs> you know, I worked really hard in my Spanish classes and got credit. Um, and I ended up going to um, Ohio Wesleyan University in Ohio. Um, and they gave me like a hundred grand to go there. And then I got scholarships for like my connection scholarship, honors um scholarship, senior scholarship. And then I got two other ones for each of my majors. I got uh, money from working my butt off in geology and in uh, botany as well. So I got a lot of scholarships and like, I only came out, like, I don't mind sharing. I, I think I came out with like 40,000 in debt when it was originally going to be like 200 some for this right. private school. So yeah, it, I still have student debt. Don't get me wrong. And like, shout out to all these pauses on that. So I don't have to pay it right yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's still there. Yeah, dude. And it's, uh, did they pause the interest as well? That's a great question. I haven't looked and I'm oh kind of scared gosh. too. <laughs> I'm like, You're what if they haven't? I'm like, what if it's just growing and there's a monster debt that I don't know about? My yeah. boyfriend will never marry me or at least he's going to be like prenup. <laughs> keep it to yourself. You're going to keep your prenup and we're going to have a thorough STD test. <laughs> literally yeah, he, he's, he's kind of interesting like he's like the exact opposite of me he would hate to be doing this right now <laughs> he, oh, yeah. he could be in his uh own room by himself for hours on end and like you know just living in his own head um and he didn't like and why i say this he, he didn't go to school like, he, he doesn't have any debt in that and so um he, he appreciates what i've done he, he recognizes that this is something i wanted but it was cool getting to know him because for a long time i feel like i was like super biased on like everyone has to go to school like this is the greatest thing ever but now i'm at this point where like he actually has really helped me to like recognize that like no there's so much value in like not going to school and also like spending this time like he has what he has that i don't have is he has such a better work-life balance i think because i've just been grinding 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 my whole life just to get where i want to be and he's grinding too, not to say that he's not a hard worker because he definitely is, but he just has this mentality that like life, there's so much more to life than schooling and jobs and all this other stuff. And I feel like I, I was so blinded by that with the grinding life that I didn't really think about what was beyond that. And it was, it was really cool getting to know him because we've been together since freshman year of college. So we're going on seven years ish now. Okay. Yeah. So we've been together for a while. Um, and like, that's like my favorite thing about him. It's like, I'm like, I love that we're opposites because he's shown me so much more to life than I think I would have ever, never had otherwise. And vice versa, I think, you know, I'm a little bit crazy and I pulled him out of his shell a little bit, but like stuff like that. So. Introverts need that. They need that tug, you know, the hermit crabs, the little turtles that are in their shell. They need something to pull them out. Oh yeah. So he was in college, but then he didn't graduate with debt. Did he kind of like stop going to college and started pursuing a career or a trade? So we met on Tinder and we weren't at the same school. Good for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> you were just getting more stereotypical with each detail, meeting the significant other on Tinder. Oh, was... yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the funny thing is, I was not on there for the, the reasons that you would think, because I was I had never dated anyone before I met him. I just thought it was a normal dating site. Like, I Come didn't on, know. Stop, dude. There's <laughs> no way. I, I thought you were going to say, actually, I was like a sociology major and I was on there to view human like preferences to understand more about human interactions. Like, yeah, I no, that's... I was like the dumb blonde girl who didn't know what like, he was getting herself into. Who doesn't and, know like, what Tinder is at your age? I, I, just, thought I don't know. Like... Like, I, I just thought maybe there was more to it than what, I don't know. Like, I kind of had an idea, but not not really to the extent of, like, it's really just like a hookup site. But, you know, I was I, I was swiping on some people. And with him, um, <laughs> I actually spent, this is so stupid, I spent $5 to super like him because I thought he was so cute and I was out of super likes. So I spent five dollars, and then he messaged back, and then we got to chatting. And you know, it was the best five dollars I've ever spent. <laughs> That's a good investment. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So he was he was um in his own school. He went to community college, and I think he was starting with sports management. And he so he was in school, but um his dad helped him pay for like a, a few classes, and he just hated it. He was like, "This isn't for me. I hate this, and I don't want to do this." And I was like, "Fair enough." And so he ended up dropping out. And then he just worked, um, like, like I said, we met in Ohio. So he just worked um, random odd jobs here and there um, while we, I was still in school. And then when I got this job, um, we moved out this way. And he ended up working for as a manager for a pizza um, shop. So he's okay. been managing that um, while I'm kind of doing this job. Because this was kind of one of the things I really wanted to do. But the game plan is to eventually, um, no joke, is to get out west. Um, we are avid rock climbers and he's a huge, huge snowboarder. Like that's everything that he, if he could just snowboard all day, that's what he would do. He has like, I'm not joking. If I pull out this closet, there's probably like 15 snowboards in there. I don't, you want to talk about where our money goes. It's not my DoorDash problem. <laughs> yeah, good blame. We'll, we'll pin it on him. <laughs> we'll put it there. But um, we'd love to go out west. So I'm actually looking, um, my, my, my job knows to do that. I'm looking to move out um, west and get a different job out there. Um, and just enjoy nature and stuff. Cause that that's everything I've always been interested in. Hence my two majors. Like I love um, rocks. I love plants. I love animals. <laughs> like, that's my thing. But rock climbing is kind of a big one for sure. We got into that like maybe a year ago. And it was one of the things where I've never been a sporty person. I never played sports my whole life. I didn't like the competition and I didn't like the pressure either of like a coach, like making sure that I was the top of my game. Like I, I just don't like that feeling of like disappointing anyone but with rock climbing, it's still a sport, but it's the only person I'm disappointing is myself is if I don't perform as well as I want. But you know what? I can always be like, Cameron, it's okay. Give an off day. Let's go home. Let's have a hot chocolate. Let's go to bed. We'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, or maybe a glass of wine, depending on the night. How, how, how bad I rock climb, that depends on what I drink. But um, genuinely, like, it's been one of those activities that I, I adore. And I, I push myself so hard. And I start off, literally, I would get up like, not even halfway up the wall and I would like be like crying like I'm so scared about like to move my next hand but now I'm doing things like just the other day I like would like like jump to another hold and I grabbed it and like eat while hooked in and like even my bouldering boulderings when you're not hooked in and I've been getting so much better at that and doing more like risky things and like I, I don't know I, I've seen such a progression with myself and I love just like the own self-challenge without the pressure of having I don't know everyone around me total pivot in this conversation like definitely like a snake to the way to here but <laughs> dude no, it, it all connects it flows um that's super interesting the like wanting to be athletic 
or wanting to be a part of athletics, not that you are not athletic, but not (laughs) wanting the like team pressure and the disappointment. And I think that's something that hurts a lot of, so me as a middle school coach, and I actually coach basketball, I coach boys basketball, but I see it a lot, especially with females that they're like, the yelling, the intensity, like I got to fight somebody for a ball. I don't want to make people feel bad. I don't want to make the person I'm going against feel bad. Like, I just want to like, I don't know. It's fun to run around, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's fun to like exert myself, but how do I do that and not feel terrible that I lost the team, even in track? Like, oh my God, I finished third and we didn't win a meet. And now like people hate me. And like, that's a real concern. And it sucks because I think it limits a lot of kids from growing into and making athletics a part of their life, which it should be. You should be physically active in your life. It's, it's great for you. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Like, I feel like I was turned away from it a lot of the times just because like, like, I don't know. I, I guess I was worried too, about like, yes, my peers and everything, but in some way, like disappointing, like my family in a way, like, cause all my siblings were so athletic. Like I was almost nervous to try myself and just look like a dumbass, like not knowing what I'm doing. And just like, I saw like the pressure of like how much like my, my family just loved how well my siblings did. Like my, my brother is an incredible track brother uh, runner. My other brother is great at um, soccer. My sister's good at softball. My other sister's good at um, swimming. Like they each had their own little niches inside this sport. And there was never one that like, even when trying it out in gym class or whatever, I felt like I could really prove myself at. And like, I was just like, I don't want to embarrass myself and disappoint the people around me. And like, like you said, like, I just don't like that pressure of competing either. Like I feel like I'm already so hard on myself regardless of my day mm-hmm. that I don't need that extra disappointment in myself that I worried about getting through sports. But like, again, with rock climbing, it's, it's cool too, because this community um, is so incredible. I've made some of the most amazing friends while at this gym, like at the gym, like I didn't, I'm again, I've never been in a sport before. Here I am in a gym finding these people that have like-mindedness and like something to work towards because rock climbing at first you just think oh it's just you have to tough it out no there's so much technique and practice and like um I'm working out muscles that I don't even think I knew existed until I started rock climbing like in my forearms they're burning by the time I get to the top of this wall and the whole time I have my my friends cheering me down at the bottom and it's so funny like half the time like I didn't even know these people I was just trying to do this move on the wall and I'm hanging there like what the what the fuck? Like, I don't know how to get up this. I'm like, like getting angry. Like, I don't know what to do. And like, like shouting down to my boyfriend, Mitch is his name at the bottom being like, what do you think? And just randomly people will join in and just be like, Hey, have you tried this? Have you thought of this? Or do you want me to give you what they call beta is like the, the explanation on how to do it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Give me the beta. Um, there was this one dude who actually screamed at me the one time, like in a, in an encouraging way. He's like, don't you dare come down off that pole. You got this. Get up there. What are you doing? And I got up. I, I didn't think I was going to finish. And you know what? That's like encouragement. I, I finished the climb. And like now some of these people, like we hang out on the regular. We did karaoke the other night. And I, I love the climbing community so freaking much. Um, I just appreciate every single friend that I've gotten out of it. Uh, it's the best thing you could do for yourself. It. That's funny. The beta part. I hadn't thought because there is there is like a route route, right? Like there is like a route or a flow tree flow chart that you follow, but the grips aren't like color coded. So like, it's not supposed to be like, always grab a red or is it? And that's almost like a cheat. It depends on the gym. So our gym is color coded, right? 
But there are certain ways, like, for example, um, we have jokes that there's a short person beta and a tall person beta. I'm short. Half the time, our friends just stand up and grab it. I can't do that. I have to do some weird technique maneuver to be able to turn myself and reach up there and grab it. Gotcha. Um, so it depends on the gym, though, where you do, our, our gym, you want to follow the same color route all the way up to the top. But other gyms, they do have just random holds, which the benefit of that is um, you can just have, like, any holds in the gym you can use, and they put tape underneath it, and then you follow the colored tape up, and that uh, same colored tape okay. is what you follow. If you need it. Yeah. But then ultimately, if you just want to – because, like, to me, I getting into chess a little bit – and I'm not, like, a really good chess player, but what I did was I Googled one opening move, and there's basically – if you play with someone who doesn't know what's going on with chess, and you get the first move – I can put you in checkmate within three moves. And it, <laughs> I think I've seen that before. And yeah, it's just I, like a formula. No you move the like pawn that. in front of the king. You move a queen. You move a bishop. Queen's there covered. Done. And people are like, you're amazing. It's like, no. I just was able <laughs> to remember three moves. But it makes people feel like you're a genius, especially if they don't know chess, right? But what I love about chess is playing people who don't know the the moves that guarantee another move. I love mm. the real life time, like real, real time problem solving. So going yeah. to rock climbing, I feel like that would be a turnoff for me to be like, oh, if I can just reach this, I'm guaranteed success because the path is laid out for me. But am I thinking about that wrong? I'm not trying to like poo poo on no, it. No, like I get what you're saying. Sometimes, I mean, like it depends because uh, there's different levels to it, right? And there's different levels depending on if you're, there's like, I would say there's like three main groups of climbing. There's bouldering, there's top roping, and there's lead climbing. So the differences between them is bouldering is when you, it's a shorter wall inside the gym. We can go outside. You can do all this outside too um, <laughs> in the gym where um, it's, you're not harnessed in. You're just climbing up and then you jump down. <laughs> um, and if you falling correctly yeah you could get hurt like there's i've seen people dislocate their arms and stuff in the gym like it's it's not you got to be really careful with it then top roping is when you're already hooked in at the top the rope is down and that's the traditional sense that most people think where you're climbing and the person's like tightening the rope as you go and the last one's lead climbing which i'm I'm just now getting into i'm it's a very big mental game where the rope's on the ground with you as you climb you got to hook yourself in and if you don't hook great and you're not confident you could seriously hurt yourself and fall so that that's why it's such a mental game but in reference to your point where we're talking about like um, those holds, like with these different climbs, there's different levels. So yeah, there might be some where you can just easily reach up, grab it nicely, right? Like that's what we call a jug where you can really get your hand around it and grip tightly. Okay. But there's things like called crimps where you're literally, if you hold your finger, imagine holding just on your fingertip. Uh, like, where and you just can't get over the edge. You're on the top of... You're- but you're on like like they'll have holds that are literally like just like little ledges that you have to hold on to. So like uh, there is a challenge to that in that sense that's like you sometimes have to figure out even for tall people, you have to figure out these new maneuvers. And it's constantly it's it's a personal problem solving thing where you have to work through it yourself. But it's really great when you get a group of people that none of you can get it and you're all trying, well, let me try, let me try, let me try. <laughs> and then somebody finally gets it and you're like, oh, that's it. And then you all go and try it. And maybe that works with some people. And you're like, mm, I still have to find out something else. So there, it's like there's like an intended way to do it. And then sometimes you just say, fuck it and just find your own way to do it, which I've done quite a few times. So yeah, I'm curious yeah. about the jump part. So is the when you're climbing is you literally jumping to reach something i'm assuming you were tethered in right do you in the moment feel like 
if I fall, I'm not going to get hurt? Or does it yes. for you get into some sense of like, holy shit, if I don't grab this, I'm actually going to fall? I mean, like you're saying? not, it depends. If bouldering, yeah, there is, like you could fall. Like legit. Yeah. It's, so that, that jumping move, there's two different ways I would consider it. There's something called, it's there's a dino is what they call it when you actually leap and grab, right? And then there's just dynamic moves where you're, you're basically just kind of swinging and grabbing it where you could still miss if you don't get that hold correctly but your foot's kind of still touching it a little bit. It's just like you're, you're like, but like okay. you can still slip like a very real, like you're on like the tiniest of ledges as you're climbing sometimes, depending on how hard your route is. Like there have been times where like my, my knuckles are burning because I'm holding my whole body weight just by my fingertips. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so with these dynamic moves, like you can fall if, it, if you're not roped in, but even when I'm up there and like this move I did the other day, I was roped in, but it still doesn't change the fact that like our walls go up to 60 feet. Like I was probably 30, 40 feet in the air and I still get in my head so many times. I'm just like, I freak out. And I actually like, sometimes I just like let go of the wall and hang for a second. And I, I even speak to myself. I'm like, you're okay. You got this. You're not going to fall. It's okay. And then you just have to kind of be like one, two, three, go. Some people are less anxious than I am. I still get scared on the walls every day when I go, but it's one of those really? things like, yeah, I might be freaking out the whole time I'm up there, but as soon as I grab that last hold, I'm like, oh my God, I did it. And it's such a, a sense of accomplishment, especially when you do a hard one. Like our gym, the lowest you can go, um, they all start with fives and then they have like the numbers afterwards, like five, six, five, seven, five, eight. So our lowest um, in our gym goes to a five, six, the highest can get up to a 13. And in those higher ones, like 10 and up, they have like easier tens and harder tens. So it could be like a 10 minus, a 10 or a 10 plus. I just did my first like 11 minus the other day and like I cried the whole way up basically not really but like I was just miserable the whole way up I was like this is the worst route you have like basically no handholds my I feel like I have arthritis like I keep slipping I'm scraping my leg on the wall but I got up the damn thing and I felt so good at the end like just like wow I finally got to that 11 minus route it wasn't pretty but I did it <laughs> so it's it's such such an amazing sport that I I can't recommend enough to anyone it's it's so good for your brain because it's the problem solving it's physically like um draining like you just feel exhausted at the end of the day which is great because you sleep well and then you have this new muscle growth you didn't even know about i i love it yeah, dude that's i'm super interested in almost like psyching yourself out because 60 feet like mm -hmm. i've climbed a couple trees so i'm 5'10. <laughs> my yeah. my standing reach is like seven feet so if I stand on my toes, grab a branch and climb up on that branch, it is seven feet tall. Then when I stand on it, that is 16 feet. I will be damned if I'm jumping off 16 feet. That looks like I'll die. I, I won't. Yeah. But then if I climb another branch, right? And now I'm like 22 feet on this tree. I feel, I, I feel like I'm near the moon, right? But yeah, I'm not locked into anything. So then I'm thinking like in this wall, why wouldn't I just be like, oh, dude, it's like really easy. Like it's a swing. I just get off the wall and I'll like just sit here and enjoy the air for a minute. But it's funny that like there's something about the human psyche that you can't rationalize. You're completely safe. Yeah. Is that height still triggers something in you? That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've been doing this. I'm not joking. I go probably three to four times a week. I go every Monday, um, every Wednesday, and then usually – Sometimes Friday, sometimes Saturdays, and sometimes both, and maybe Sunday. It really depends, but definitely every Monday and Wednesday I go every single time, every day, every week, I should say. And 
I'm always up on these walls. And there are times where like, I feel like I'm progressing where I'm like my mental state. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. But then suddenly you'll just have this week where you're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. What's in my head. Like, why am I? And that was me this week. Like when I was doing this move, I was just like so scared. And I felt like my heart racing. And I'm like, you've done this how many times? And you're still scared this whole time. But it's crazy too, to see like, um, I, I have this idea that maybe one day I'll kind of push through that because um, my boyfriend is just, I don't know, maybe he's just been fearless at the start and he just goes for things like, I don't know, disregard for his wife. Yeah. He's Fucking like, no trees. regrets. If I die, I die. <laughs> but my friend, um, Brian, he did this, this crazy move, um, a few weeks ago where we, in our gym, we have like this little, literal arch where you can crawl up and go up under the arch and kind of come up around it. It's really cool. That's but there was literally this, I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of like, um, two holds that you kind of had to jump and grab like this underneath. And he was lead climbing, so he's bringing the rope up with him, clipping at him. And he jumped and grabbed these things. I was watching this like I would actually shit myself if I had to do this. Like it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen anyone do. And he's he's like a freaking squirrel climbing up these right. walls. <laughs> it was like him and our friend RJ are just absolutely insane when it comes to climbing. Alfred the two, honestly, Casey, all of them are really um, incredible climbers. Um, that are just so impressive but that this move by brian I'll, i just like have it ingrained in my mind and when he came down i was like are you crazy like why would you attempt that and he's like i don't know like it's just what i had to do and i was like i don't know if i'll ever be able to do that and maybe one day i will but for now i'm gonna just enjoy my little ropes grab like whatever but yeah so there's definitely climbers way better than i am like far beyond where i'm at but yeah. like just Who in this year span i feel really impressed with how far i've gotten yeah dude for sure and it's funny that you even go to there's climbers that are better than i am like dude there's always somebody's fucking better That's than true. you at something right like who cares like the fact that you're doing because it goes it's interesting because it goes back to that whole like competitive mentality of a little mm-hmm. bit of what seemed to turn you off with sports and it's like a balance of appreciating what other people can do while not comparing yourself to them to rob the joy of what you are able to do yeah you yeah know, i try really hard like me and my best friend we're at the kind of same climbing level and we constantly have to tell ourselves, like, because, like, I, again, like, I do hate feeling that way. And so, like, there'll be days where I almost, like, think about quitting, which is, like, wild. Because I'm yeah. just, like, one of these people. I get in my head, like, I'm, like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, I'm not. I am not. Fit. Like, I think about that a lot. And she always tells me, like, no, you've progressed so much. You have to look at the little things. Like, you're doing exactly as well as you should be. And you're you're killing it. And I'm, like, you're right. Like, I, I need to look back a year ago where I was and think about, well, where will I be in another year? Like, is it going to be anywhere near these people who've been climbing for years? Probably not. But you know what? They've been climbing for years. And we all have different talents. And we all have different ways that we have to, like, progress through situations like this. And my path might not just be the same as, like, Brian's, for example. But I really, like, get in my head about it sometimes. Like, why am I not just doing this right away? But it's like, okay, but, like, you've never worked out or done any of this before. So just be thankful and, like, proud of yourself that you've gotten this far from where you began. And I have to constantly, it's not like I just like forget about it. I definitely have to remind myself on a, on a daily basis when I'm climbing that I I'm doing okay. Yeah, this, I don't know if this is super judgy because how long have we known each Do other? It. Almost 40 minutes. Right. But it's, <laughs> it's interesting. And this is something I've battled with myself in golf. And it's why I refuse to like do formal golf. I do par three. I drink beer. I take my shirt off. I wear no shoes. I listen to music and I'm like, I give a fuck about my score. Right. I'm out here to get some sun and to just have two and a half hours of like me, wherever a podcast leads my thoughts, whatever the music vibe is, you know, like I just, I try to get into this weird flow state 
of whatever. And it sounds all like woo woo. But when you're describing rock climbing, it seems like the goal is to like progress through levels. And what I wonder is like, why not just who gives a fuck what level if you're enjoying it? Like you've met a great community, you're getting a good workout, you're sleeping better, you're gaining confidence. Who gives a fuck if you're like a 5A for the rest of your life if it's enjoyable and it's something you look forward to? Like why even care about getting better? That's such a great question. I don't know. I guess for me, it, I guess there is a little competitiveness though. Even though I don't like, I don't like competing <laughs> against other people, but I guess with myself, Again, it comes back to that mentality, right? Like, I always push myself in school. I always have to get an A, and I have to do this. So I feel like I'm like, oh, I just, Cameron, you can do this, and just pushing myself in that way. I don't know. Um, With the levels, too, it's kind of interesting because I think I used to think about it as, like, a direct, you know, 10, 11, 12, whatever, whatever, whatever. But recently I've been thinking about it more in, like, different skills, right? So there's different types of climbing inside the the different groups I gave you. Like, for example, um, with those small little crimps that I was talking about, those, those le- little ledges, right? I love those. I don't know what it is. I trust my fingertips. I'm like, bitch, you got me. I'm like, I can just really trust not to fall on those things. But then I as soon as I get to an overhang, or I... <laughs> but as soon as I get to an overhang, I am so in my head and it's so much more like, like endurance, being able to hold yourself while hanging underneath something. Mm-hmm. So I think about it more like there's different skills that I have to work towards. And like my skills on like these crimps and like this like balancing type of techniques, I've been doing a lot better on those. I've been doing boulders that are higher grades than I normally can do because I've, I've just been focusing on that. So I, I kind of think of it as like me slowly developing my skills. And I think I get more angry, not necessarily when I can't reach a level, but more like when I start failing at a skill I've been working at, I'm like, "Mm, you should be able to do that. And like, sometimes like, even if I take a break from climbing, even for a week, I noticed that like some of the things I did last week, I'm like, girl, you can do this. Like, come on, you got this, you got this. But it it really is like these different, think of it like um, almost like a wheel, right? Like this is weird. Have you ever seen DDR before I played Dance Dance Revolution? I've, is that the like, I think it was in the office and Ryan and Kelly were doing it when Andy and Aaron didn't want to be dramatic about their relationship while being totally dramatic about their relationship. Yeah. This is a super niche, like comparison, (laughs) but like in DDR, there's like different difficulty levels for different skill sets in the song. And it looks like this spoke that like, it kind of points out to the harder ones. Like it kind of stretches out this way or stretches out this Uh, way, stretches out that way. And that's how I think of it. It's like this wheel that it's like, certain skills are going to be stretched out really far. Like this is going to be really used in this climb, but this one might not as well. And I have to find those ones that kind of match my wheel. If I want to do harder ones, like yeah. sometimes I can do like um, in bouldering, they go V zero to V 10. Um, I, I usually am a V one V two climber, but then I just did my first V four the other day, which I've never done a V four, but guess what it was? It was those crimps that I'm just like, oh, I got this, you know? And it's just like, but as soon as you get me to an overhang one, where I'm putting all my muscle on these non-existent biceps that are, I'm working to get, yeah. <laughs> like, that's when I, I tap out. I'm like, I, I'm working on that. So, so it's you, a little challenge. I played for my daughter for the first time on um, Terminator 2. Have you seen Terminator 2? I haven't. I'm a terrible movie buff, but okay. go ahead. <laughs> Dude, if you want to be a climber, you're going to want to watch fucking just the intro. Give yourself 
there, and I forget who the mom. Do you know the premise of Terminator? I want to be like a mansplainer. No, no, mansplain to me, like right, please, well, like I don't know. Be or be a teacher. You're a teacher. If, teach me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 kind of common knowledge, but it's boomer common knowledge. So maybe it'll be interesting if anybody's under twenty five to twenty eight. So basically, Terminator Two, artificial intelligence, Chat GBT, has come to life, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is this is the manifestation of artificial intelligence and they've taken um, over the world, right? So then he travels back in time to kill the mother of the leader of human resistance in the future that is gonna battle artificial intelligence. So capture oh. all that shit in your head. So we get the, our protagonist, right? So the mm -hmm. mom is the protagonist and she's trying to stay alive while this artificial intelligent robot that you cannot kill is chasing her in like 1978, right? Oh my God, so yeah. So she survives because this other guy who is a soldier of her son that has not even been born or conceived yet has sent him back in time to protect his mom. Terminator 1, they win, spoiler alert. <laughs> Terminator 2, she's in a fucking nut house. She's in a psych ward. And the reason I bring it up is because... Yeah. It's this scene where she's taken her bed and turned it, what would it be, perpendicular? So normally it's like parallel to the floor of the mattresses. Yeah. She turns it perpendicular so that the bed legs turn into a pull-up bar. And the scene is her in this psych ward and the psychologist coming in explaining why she's fucking nuts, which is she thinks robots are going to take over the world and the world is going to end in 2021, which has already happened now. And like... She's just steady doing pull-ups and she's just fucking cranking them out, dude, 25, 30 of those things. And like, she's ripped. And back then I want to say it was like 91. Cause I remember my mom yeah. being in awe and being like, that's the poster child of human strength. So anyway, all that long story to just mention a basic reference to get to the point of, can you do a pull-up? What's your chin up no. game like? Like, what's your push up game like? How, how are we building the torso strength that you need to get these overhangs? Oh my gosh! So I'm I'm actually like the worst. I this sounds silly. Like, so when I first started climbing, I couldn't even like bend my arms. So my progress. This is not a joke. I finally feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> so for people listening, basically, if you hang on a monkey bar. And if your elbow is above your head, you are able to bend your arm to get your elbow to your ear. Yeah, that's where I've gotten. But you know, progress is progress. No doubt, <laughs> dude, no doubt. But like, um, actually though, like there, there are like some serious, like I do climb for fun and I do climb competitively with myself, but I don't train nearly as well as like, there's like these actual competition climbers. Like, dude. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're crazy. And I, I don't train anything like that. I do go to yoga every single Monday to work on my balance and my flow and all that other stuff. And that, that really does help. Shout out to Jen. She's the best yoga teacher I've ever had. But um, I do go to that every single Monday. And here and there for a while, I was doing um, like core routines with um, our, our friend RJ. He used to compete and stuff. And so every single Monday at like 9.30 at night in the gym, because we climb from like 6 to like 10 o'clock at night, um, Seriously, that long? You guys yeah, are just we'll, we'll hanging be out? That long. Yes, I'll be there for like hours at this gym. I'm no not even wonder doing. you guys are so tight. That actually is kind of like a great, instead of like whatever, drinking a bunch of wine, having a bunch of beers, like playing a bunch of video games, like the fact that you hang out for that long in the gym just doing shit, like well, makes funny, me feel- that they do have betas and brews sometimes, which is like you drink and you climb. It's 
hazardous, but it's amazing. <laughs> well, if you're if you're clocked, dude, I think I would love that, especially if I'm like locked into the something where you can yeah. jump off and you're completely fine. Like that sounds yeah. amazing. I feel like yeah. I would join that gym. Yeah, they, uh, Halloween, they did a thing where we went on Halloween and everyone dressed up for, in the gym. So we're all in our costumes, all climbing. And they did black light, right? And they put tape on the walls. So all the tape was in the black light. And they had these crazy climbs. Like they did one like Mario and Luigi. So you did the climbs and you, they actually put a rope in there for you to swing from climb to climb. <laughs> it was so cool. And then they also had beer there. So not only is it glow in the dark rock climbing, I'm drinking and in a costume. It was the funnest night I've had. Most fun night. I shouldn't use proper um, in a while. (laughs) But like, it like genuinely like, yeah, so that's, that's a great, yeah. It's so fun to drink and climb responsibly. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck responsibly. You're plugged in. (laughs) You're not even driving. You're just dropping. Um, Yeah. I don't know if we have a 60 foot wall around here. We got one gym. I don't know how high the wall is, but you're like, your energy and your happiness is really sincerely making me think like I need to get a membership. Like I need to try to be some sort of part of this um, culture, but I'm sorry. I cut you off from the um, six to 10 um, climbing story. Yeah. So um, yeah, back to that. So like working out and stuff, that kind of concept. So our friend RJ, he, he did climb, climb competitively and he had like a routine. Like he was like very strict. It's like almost any other, like if you can think of like bodybuilding, how hardcore these people are training. And he would do this thing every, every Monday night where we would all go into like one of the workout rooms and we do a core routine and it sucked horribly. And we would literally time it. And it was all these different, like just with your body, not even weights or anything, just over and over. It was like, I think I'm going to mess it up. But it was like every 30 seconds you were like switching to a new or like every 50 seconds you're switching to a new different like movement yeah. for like your core. And you literally were like crying at the end because your core just wanted to give out so badly. And like, of course, the last one, if you know what a banana boat is, it's when you're like kind of leaning forward on your chest and your feet are up and you have your arms straight and you're just trying to like use your core to keep yourself up. Yeah, We would do that for like the last minute. And to make, because it's, because you're not doing movement, you can't even focus. You're just sitting there trying to stand still. So we would all sing, we would choose a different song every night and we would sing it. Like, um, like one time we did the Pokemon theme and we were like, God, I catch them all. And then we're all singing as we're like, like shaking from like the core uh, workout. So there, there are some things and I, that we do do to like actually train for this. I'm definitely way, way more lenient than some of my other climbing friends. Like they, they really do like, actual training for this like some they have like specific workout machines for this they even have a mini climbing wall maybe like i don't know like 10 feet tall that like is on like a i don't know almost like a a conveyor belt that as you climb it just keeps going so you can practice your endurance on that without having to somebody like hold you on there um they have like just like literally practice like um hanging things where you can like grab your hands and hang on them to practice like how long you can hang on something and like all sorts of different weird like workout things to practice but there definitely are are very avid people I'm just one of the ones that like I do work out here and there to get better at certain things but definitely nowhere as strict as some other people there it's not like the goal of yours to be able to do like 20 perfect push-ups and whatever five pull-ups yeah no I don't I'll be happy if I do one one day (laughs) but yeah maybe 20 in my like future (laughs) That is funny. You bring up like the weird climbing exercises. Um, I recently, I like, I work out in my garage. So I bought a cage that has like a dip bar, pull up bar, whatever you can like bench squat in it. And as I was looking to price them out, one of the options was for the pull up bar on top, they had built in climb. I, I don't know what they're called, 
like, like little holes, right? Holes. Can, like stick your finger. Yeah. Yeah. So you have two screws on them and then you can just hold, but that's how you'd be able to do your pull-ups. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why the fuck would you include that? But it seems like this climbing culture is almost like 15 years ago when you were in kindergarten, the like <laughs> micro brew culture of like craft beer was mm -hmm. blowing up and everybody was like, oh my God, what's the cool new brew pub? What's like the craft beer spot? And I wonder if climbing culture is kind of on that level. Like, is it insulting to call it hipster-ish? But it's like I, this I subculture. Know, maybe to some people, not to me. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, it's something new. Like, I had never really thought about it until I, I started. Like, it's it, so the whole reason I started climbing was um, my friend, she's in med school and she does it to like keep herself like active and stuff. Um, and she just invited me out one day. I hadn't seen her since high school and I came. I liked it a lot. Um, I was kind of scared, like, because it was my first time. I was like, I'm terrified of this. But then my boyfriend, I don't just keep calling him Mitch. So Mitch was like, well, I want to try it. And I was like, all right. So then we went back to that same gym, which was like an hour away. And he loved it. So we were like, well, maybe there's one closer. And we kept going. And we ended up literally going so often. We were like, wow, we spent more money than the memberships worth because we've been going so often. Why don't we just get the memberships? And from there, it was like a gradual transition into it. But it is one of those things that, like, I, it's funny that I, I almost like am seeing things kind of like how you're, you're saying, like, like how they have that niche, like climbing thing for this yeah. workout, um, equipment that I'm kind of noticing more and more people doing it. And it's only cause I started it. Like I never noticed how many people were in it. Like I'm not even joking. So I was at the gym and I met this girl and she introduces her boyfriend and I'm like, Oh, he's like, you know, we're all kind of talking. We've become friends. And later he's like, oh, I need a job, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, our job's hiring. And this is all going to connect. Just give it a second. <laughs> um, we were all at this, um, you know, I offer him this job. And like my boss was like, oh, yeah, well, what's his last name? Like, I want to reach out to him. And I was like, I don't know. So I, I messaged this girl I met back. I'm like, oh, what's your boyfriend's last name? So I can offer him this job here. And she's like, Novak. And I'm like, I only know one person with the last name Novak. And that's my younger sister's best friend. Turns out that her brother also climbs. So now I'm meeting people that connect to my own family here um one of the girls I met in the gym who's amazing um her name's Maddie um I got to talking to her first day I met her we go out to dinner and stuff after climbing just because like we had nothing else to do she's she was cool so we go out to eat I find out she went to the high school that my college roommate went to like all these weird connections yeah. with these people I'm like this is so weird that I like I never thought all these climbers would be connected in this way but it is kind of like almost like almost like mushrooms, how they grow underneath the surface <laughs> and you don't really know it until one pops up. <laughs> they find each other and they're yeah, like yeah. giving each other energy. Yes, they're everywhere. But like, it's one of those things that it, it is kind of niche, but like, it's kind of weird how many people I now, now that I climb, there are lots of people, but even to start, like how many people I didn't know that were into it. And now I'm one of the people. <laughs> Have you done it outdoors yet? Because when you yes. said you were moving west and then all your stories are about in, in a gym, I'm like, why do we need to go west? I would get like the snowboarding aspect, but for mm -hmm. climbing, are you, have you been like brave enough to go out and do this thing? Yeah, we do. We do. It's been winter, so we've been more in the gym. So that's why a lot of my stories are mostly in the gym. Um, but um, we have gone out like over, we, in the start of the summer, we actually took a trip out to West Virginia. All of us, we rented out a cabin, like my whole climbing group, like these people that I just met like a few months ago. Now I'm in this cabin with them in the woods. Uh, we actually had this running joke that one of them was like a secret murderer who's just like collecting us for his like group. And then he's going to kill us in these woods. And this was his master plan. He while, didn't obviously. While he live streams it or writes a manifest yeah. essay, a manifesto Literally, in yeah. order to sell but, it like, later on. <laughs> 
we genuinely were like having this talk. Hey, talk, like, Cameron, you're actually on a 12 part Netflix series. Oh Hopefully my gosh. You I could, you know, the, the way my life goes, I could see it. I, my life, ask anyone, has been a drama since the moment I opened my eyes. So, like, <laughs> it was birth, basically. But, yeah, but like, we ended up, you know, all getting this cabin trip, and it was super cool. We, we went out to West Virginia and we did bouldering, which is where we bring these literal big mats out with us. They're, they're called crash pads because you crash on them. And we lay them out in a certain direction and you climb, and your friends they kind of stand back and they hold their hands like this to, or like in like a cup shape, I should explain, um, to guide them if they were to fall. So then you can push them onto the mat if they fall in the wrong direction. So I have been outdoor climbing, um, done that. Um, I've done top roping once outside. I actually have the equipment. Um, there just hasn't been many opportunities because it's expensive to go drive to these different places that there are. And I'd have to find the time, but I have been outdoor climbing. I'd love it. And the goal would be to keep pushing myself again. Once I can, I can really get myself to lead climb better. Yeah. That opens up so many more opportunities outdoors because most of it is you hooking in the thing and then clipping yourself in as you climb. That's what I was getting at. And like, it's really weird. So do you, um, I don't want to assume, but you don't have any kids, right? No. <laughs> so when I had my daughter and you're in the hospital and shit's going wrong, you're like, fuck man, there's nurses there's doctors. I have no idea how to be a parent, right? I wasn't raised around kids. The scariest fucking thing was that first night when you're at your house and that kid cries and you can't figure that shit out. And it's just you. And like, I don't know if rock climbing is going to be extreme as that experience, but transitioning to me, if I was doing this and like trying to figure out, oh man, I can boulder and then wait, it's like, if I fall, I'm out here. And like, there is no whatever road or there is no safety rope. It's like, I got to hit this thing or I don't get to go. Like that to me is like wildly, intriguingly intensive. Yeah, it is. It's very scary. We definitely like the one we did outdoors when we were roped in at the top and it was a pretty tall climb. I mean, I never do anything that's not like out of my comfort zone. Like I only try try to do things where I'm like, I know I can do this when I'm outdoors. Cause exactly like you said, like I'm, I am scared of getting hurt because you can very easily um but it's one of the things that i trust i have to trust myself i have to trust those belaying me and like maybe there's a sense of relief that some of us have band-aids in our bag that i'm like it'll be fine (laughs) but like obviously if i break my arm that's not gonna help but like it is something like i I trust the people that i'm with to get me out of there if i really had to so i only go with people that i know like have my back no matter what and again it, it really just comes down to like you have to know yourself like even in the gym, right? Like you have to know that like the climbs you're doing, like you have to be able to at least get to what we call the third clip up. Cause that's kind of your safety net is like you are like when you're bringing the rope up with you, you do have some sort of clip that if you do fall, you will be caught, but you, you have to be a certain height up until it gets there. So you have to be uh, damn confident. You're going to get up that first part until you can kind of be a little bit more risky. That makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Have you gotten into any of like the Netflix documentaries? I forget who the dude is, but there's like the free Alex Honnold. <laughs> What's his name? Alex Honnold. So that's free solo. That's like a big okay. one that everyone, I feel like every climber knows about. Gotcha. Um, I have seen that one. It, it's a great movie. Definitely watch it. Like your hands are sweating as you watch this guy. Um, free solo is the name of the movie, which that's the actual climbing that he does. So I guess there's again, a fourth thing of climbing that I would never even think to do. It's climbing without a rope at extreme freaking heights. Yeah, And that's what he did. He climbed um, El Cap in Yosemite 
without any ropes. And it's one of those things like, why the fuck would you even try that? Because I, I would never have the confidence to do something like that. That That's a good one. But a better one, I would say personally, is called The Alpinist. Okay. Is a phenomenal movie. And he, I would almost argue this, he was around my age. He was like 20 something when he did all this. Um, amazing climber. I could almost argue better than Alex Honnold at times. Cause he not only did normal free soloing on the rocks where he's climbing up with now any harness, he also is big into ice climbing. Now that's a whole nother round that I'm not in. Yeah. So it's like frozen waterfalls and you have like these literal ice picks and you like slam Stop. them in and you got to pull them up and slam them and pull them up. I saw somebody training for it in the gym. He had like these loops that he would loop around the rocks to practice this movement. And like, it's a, and then you have like these, like, um, almost like cleats. I don't know what they call them, but like really sharp parts of your shoes to help yeah. climb up, up these ice things. But he did that too. And like, he would free solo that type of stuff. I'm like, not only are you climbing without a rope, you're on ice with picks. I'm like, why? I, and it was incredible. This movie is so, so good. And his, his girlfriend, I follow his girlfriend on, um, I just forgot her name. It's like Bryn or Bryce or something like that. She's on Instagram and I love following her and she does the same thing that he, he did. Um, it's a really great movie. I highly, highly recommend, um, crazy ending. I'm not going to say anything, but like you, you have to go like, you better go watch it like this week or something. It's such a good movie. Alpinist. 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 All right. So I've got two things. Um, and this is not exactly your kind of climbing. So actually, let me ask you. Climbing Mount Everest, which mm -hmm. to me seems more hiking, not mm -hmm. as much climbing. Would you consider mm -hmm. that climbing or would that just be like this endurance life trip take a couple months, get acclimated thing. Is that appealing that's, at all to you? That's, I think it's like, for me, dude, hiking. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd want to do it personally, just because like so many people do die going on Mount Everest. Like there's literally so many bodies. And the worst thing is like those bodies, like you can't even there. risk to go get them. You just have to leave them because it's so dangerous to even try to go get them. Yeah. There's a so death zone. Like the helicopters, like shit can't fly up there. Yeah. They can't get up there. So like <laughs> if you fall and get, even if you get injured, like there's a good chance they, they just have to leave you. And that, that's scary. And I would still consider it climbing in some aspects because there's still a lot of like movement of the, of these types of things. They do have ropes and they do have to trek across these things. I think they do try to take the nicer path up. That's more hiking oriented and they take breaks and everything. But I, I still, I personally would consider it climbing. That might be debatable to other people, but I would, there's a movie on that one too called, I think it's called seven peaks okay. where this um, Sherpa, I forgot his name. I need all these names, but he <laughs> went from mountain to mountain to mountain and he did it in such a short time span. I, I want to say like 13 months. He hit each of these peaks, which is like the world record on anyone climbing all these, like the seven tallest peaks in the world in such a short time. And he did it. Did he do it with oxygen? Maybe he didn't do it. I don't know. They sometimes bring up oxygen with them because they're climbing these insane heights yeah. where they need oxygen to breathe. I think he did do it with oxygen. But like at the same time, it's like an incredible feat that like whether or not it's like climbing or not, it's still an intensive process that I think he is having yeah. to trek up these mountains. But I think there's differences in how you're climbing the mountain i don't, yeah, I don't know no, it's something and i've never done anything other than like a playground with my kid with the little climbers that go up like five feet right but mm -hmm. when you think of climbing mount everest i've spoken to people um actually because of the pod that go up there and they talk about it and then i've read a book and which is why i'm bringing it up it's called peak by roland smith it's about a 13 year old kid whose father is a climber and he the father manipulates his criminal son's court ordered punishment 
instead of going to juvie, he has to go with his father <laughs> to go climb a mountain. Like, oh my that's his God. <laughs> and then the dad basically sets it up for him, Peak, to be the youngest kid to climb Mount Everest. And then, so a lot of like my Mount Everest, I don't know, background goes with that book. And then speaking with Dylan, who's from Hawaii, goals to climb Mount Everest. I think he's gone twice and then like only gotten to a couple base camps. But everything they describe, I'm like, so it's like really intense, slow walking. It's not what I picture when I picture like Alpine or when I picture free climbing or like cliffhanger with Stallone. Like that's rock climbing to me. Yeah, I, th I think, yeah, I guess that makes sense too. Like it's it's still climbing, but in a different way. Because I know they do have ropes and stuff too, because there are times where like, you know, like when they're trekking across Everest, like there's like these like... um crevices that they can easily fall into and like those right. ropes are the only things that save their lives you know what i mean so there there are instances like that where some of the same elements are incorporated but if you're trying to think of like true true climbing i don't think much goes on it at everest because what you're having to do is you, you need like a harness you need ropes you need carabiners you need um quick draws and um these things like trads and stuff to like put into the rocks and kind of hook in there and yeah. like set it all up with these routes so it's it's if they do climbing it's minimal it's just, it's definitely not anywhere near as like, you're actually just on like the face of a mountain. Yeah, trying right. to get up. It's going to be more like a, tr like a insane trail getting up. It's intensive both ways, just in different ways. Oh, dude, for sure. Like, I, yeah. I, I, and it's expensive as fuck. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. It's crazy expensive. So stupid fun fact. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I did. Okay. So when you think of climbing, you know how they have the wall. And then the people outside of the wall, I forget what they're called, the Irish dude or with the beard, the red beard, they start climbing uh, over the wall, like towards the end when Jon Snow's the commander. I'd have to rewatch it now that I am a climber, like, and see if like they do that. Like, I don't yeah. know what they did. I kind of, I remember what scene you're talking about, no. but I haven't seen it in so long, but I'm sure there might be elements to that. Um, dude. that dude we were talking about earlier, Alex Honnold, he does have a YouTube, um, a few YouTube episodes. I forget who published it, but he's in it. And he analyzes scenes like from movies and stuff and uh, says, oh, this makes sense. Oh, this doesn't. And I would trust his judgment over mine because he's, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, he's the king of, of this type of stuff at times. Um, so, <laughs> but he does analyze these types of things. Like even like um, building climbing, that's intense too, where people free solo buildings, yeah. like he analyzed that type of thing where there's a whole technique to like when you're in this window pane, trying to push up with your left and right hand, trying to like basically press yourself up against it and reach and grab and do all these different moves um, there's like some French guy, like Alan Robert something. He does it all the time. He's like 61, I think. And he still does all these free solos on these buildings and he gets like caught by the cops and they're literally like arresting him. But like, I, yeah, I wonder if he looked at these different guess. types of things. Like if he thought the Game of Thrones thing would kind of relate. Dude, guess how peak, what peak gets arrested for in the book peak. For climbing? Climbing, um, the Empire State Building. See, in there order you go. to tag it like that's what he was doing i don't think he was free climbing i thought he was like roped into something um so why i bring up game of thrones the wildlings come over there's this really cool climbing scene with Jon snow where it's like two people and they're fucking pounding into the ice but yeah oddly enough and fun facts trivia the majority of my climbing and it's connected to game of thrones the majority of my climbing knowledge do you have any idea what podcast guest it comes from no. So I randomly messaged the butcher boy from Game of Thrones. He was in season oh, really? one. His name's Roderick. He lives in London. 
and he's like 25 now and he came on the pod and he got addicted to climbing and he much like you we had this fucking like 40 minute conversation about this love of climbing and how it's like changing his life and how his workouts are and it was like one of the most odd things where i'm like wait you were this pudgy kid like and he was like, yeah, I kind of wanted to like get fit and like climbing was the way I got it. And it was, I don't know. It was just, it was odd. I didn't expect you to be a climber, like this passionate about climbing, but it, <laughs> it was like, it, it's just, it's weird how the universe is. When you talk about like climbing community, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, fuck, that's right, dude. The game of Thrones guy, like he, yeah. he was a climber. It's because it's addicting. Like, it's one of those things, like, I hate I hate working out. Don't think that I love doing the, like, the free weights and everything. No, I hate it. Every time I'm on the treadmill, I'm dreading the whole time I'm on there. I, I can't stand it. But when you're climbing, it's like you're working out, but you have this goal in mind that you must forget that you're working out because you're you're just actively having fun. But it's really intensive. So it, it's a great workout. Again, back to the mental thing. Amazing. <laughs> and I don't even blame him for getting into it. And it's it's interesting, too, with climbing that, I feel like I also have somewhat of a unique experience with it, like um, that only a few other people have with this is the fact that like when we do go out and go outdoor rock climbing, I can identify the rocks we're climbing because of my <laughs> geology degree. And, the, and there's like a cool history to them. So there's almost like this appreciation now where I'm like, not only do I understand the history of the rock I'm climbing, like um, in West Virginia, a lot of the stones that we are climbing, um, there was strong indications that they were once a riverbed that were like like underneath the water and then they the sediment settled there and then lithified into this rock that now millions of years later here I am grabbing these holds and climbing up it it was such a cool experience and it makes me too want to go back to a lot of the places because I know you mentioned way earlier on that I traveled but I want to go back to a lot of the places that have been and see these places again too not only because I'd love to try to climb them now but too like some of them like way before like um when I was 17, I went to Japan and I did a study abroad there and I got to see Mount Fuji. And as much as I was like, whoa, Mount Fuji as a kid, you know, 17, like not knowing anything now as like an adult. And I like have this, like, I took a whole class on volcanology. I'm like, oh my God, Mount Fuji and all the history of behind it. Um, not only that, but like also the cultural history, like where um, I forget, I wrote a paper on it and it's like a while ago, but it's about like the naming of it. And there's some sort of princess associated with it and like all that type of stuff. But then the rock climbing aspect too, like I would, I would love to go see these types of places again in such a new light, because when I have this type of knowledge in geology and, and botany too, you really do see the world differently. Like, I feel like um, I had this conversation with one of my classmates who's now getting her PhD in geology about how when we go outside now and we look at nature around us, like before you just saw this beautiful scene in front of you and not really much more, but now it's like, I can pick out the details. Like, oh, that's a sedimentary rock. Specifically that's conglomerate or, oh, that's an igneous rock. This is granite and that's basalt because of the types of rocks. Oh, it's granite. This must've cooled inside a volcano at one point. And even with the trees, like I can see like, oh, that's a white oak or that's a tulip tree or that's this, that, the other thing. And it's really cool to like have this new knowledge uh, like from my experiences in school and then also like rock climbing that I can just look at things in a light that I never would have otherwise like it opens up such a new perspective on the world yeah I and dude I feel kind of bad and I might be overthinking this so if I look down I'm just making timestamps. I'm not disinterested or giving you some sort of like oh that's okay shut up <laughs> thing um I forgot to tell you that at the beginning of the pod as a side note 
<laughs> I, um, cause I was like, fuck man, that's like the fourth time I've written down to be like, oh yeah, now she's talking about rocks at this point in time. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, that's kind of rude. Cause I forgot to tell her that that's what I do to help my editing process. Um, I'm not like checking my okay. phone or some shit. I work with kids with ADHD. If they look away, I just know they're falling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, no, definitely not for me. Um, help me understand why you like rocks. Like I, I like, cause clearly the passion's there and I enjoy nature walks and I'll be like, man, that's a neat tree, but I'm, I never want to like spend the time to actually memorize how to identify a different type of vein within a leaf that allows me to understand what the bark means and all that. Like I immediately get lost. So why is it so appealing to you? Cause I appreciate smart people who actually know stuff and don't have to Google. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't, so this is going to sound like almost like rehearsed and I'm, I'm not even trying to like job act interview? out for like, is it, is this your job interview answer? Yes. My job interview answer. But like, really like, this is like something that I'm very passionate about because like, I have always had this like love for the world around us. Like just always had such an appreciation for the, like genuinely the intricacies of like what the world is. And like, um, I was religious when I was younger. I'm not religious now. And I feel like part of that kind of stem, like started with this thought process is I always wanted to understand why life existed, what is kind of going on and how, how it is. And I know all these people have these different ideas of like how the world began. But for me personally, like I was like, mm, I feel like there's a reason for this. And so I really wanted to get to know like where life began and how it kind of evolved into what it is today. And as I learned more and more about this, not just about like, um, like rocks and, and plants and animals, but also like the universe too. Like I, I, I was one class away from having a minor in astronomy. Um, I find it so incredibly interesting to see like how the freaking universe came into existence. And here we are talking about it with this conscience. And it's, it's one of those things that I just appreciate the fact that we came from basically nothing during this big bang episode. And after 14 billion years like here we are like um like the earth is around 4.6 billion years old like it had to first like be this basically atoms of gas in the solar system slowly condensed um into forming our sun and that that spinning in the heat eventually generated the nuclear fusion that started in our sun and everything left over formed our planet and from there this molten, molten ball of lava that almost got destroyed when an asteroid hit it that formed the moon, right? Like, so the moon and the, did you, I'm not sure if you know about no, this, but like. Dude, mansplain what? away. And is it okay. super gender biased for me to tell you to mansplain to me? Like only men <laughs> no, that's can fine. Explain. I'll be the man in this conversation. I'll, I'll dictate him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, genuinely, so I, I just, I love this stuff. So I'm sorry that I'm like kind of geeking out here. No, but, dude, geek um, away. It, <laughs> geek away, because I appreciate it. Yeah, so basically the, the earth in its early stages um, they're not, they think it was some sort of like asteroid that like a basically like small planet Tesmo, I, I think they want to, I, I could be wrong here, but it close to the size of Pluto, I want to say, or something small, like a really small planet smashed into, um, the earth and basically obliterated it. And like, it ended up still because of gravity condensing itself and some of it left over kind of started forming the moon. And we know that because the geology, again, back to the rocks, right? Why this is so cool is that the earth and the moon have very similar geochemistry that shows that they had to be formed from the same kind of material. And so continuing on with the story of like how we kind of came into existence. Can I so pause we you literally, for a second yeah. there? Cause that's actually something, and maybe you would know this, maybe you would not. So when you say geo 
chemistry. Mm-hmm. All right. So if the earth and I'm thinking, I might be thinking about this completely wrong, but I just basically think of drilling into the earth and every whatever mile you get <laughs> deep is a different timestamp, right? If I go a hundred miles deep, mm-hmm. that's older than one mile deep, right? Mm-hmm. So the moon, when they land and they drill and they bring back rock samples compared to the earth, how deep do they have to drill into the earth? Is it the same? Like I got to go a hundred miles into the earth and a hundred miles into the the moon? I'm pretty sure it's the same like soil material. Like, like, you know, I shouldn't say soil because soil is specific in the sense that like it has to have organic matter, aka living things that made it. So you have to have like roots of trees and dead animals that kind of made soil. Like there's actually like a whole thing in biology yeah, called the ecological succession that builds up soil. So it's not necessarily the soil, but like the actual rock of the earth that compares. I don't think you have to go that far deep. I'd have to double check my, what I'm saying. So fact check me, please. But like, I'm pretty sure it's just like the upper crust of the earth. Like you don't have to go that far down to compare it. No shit. So like the upper crust of the earth would match the moon that happened billions of years ago. I, I'm pretty sure because we and I'm not trying to like re- call you out as a liar or anything. Yeah. I'm trying to like understand because if the earth kept, I don't know, like for whatever reason, the way my mind works, I'm like, if it happened that long ago, but then the earth wound up forming this water and forming this land and then you got Pangea and shit starts moving. <laughs> and like right now in Africa, apparently there's a canal and the earth is splitting yep. and in like 12 million years, there's like Africa is going to split somehow. They can time it. And it's like, don't yeah. buy property there or maybe you should because it's going to be waterfront and like matching that up to the moon i'm like that is overwhelmingly trippy to think about yeah maybe maybe it's still deeper than what we would think is like early in the earth's crust like the surface surface because like we've only drilled down so far we haven't even touched the mantle of our our planet before like it, it's it's so the crust is so thick so God. you're right. I, I don't know exactly how far down they'd have to go, but it does match in certain instances, which that's is pretty really crazy. crazy. Cool. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like that was that's kind of crazy to think about that like earth rock would match with moon rock when the moon you gotta take a fucking rocket and wait what like a month-ish to get there? I wanna say like three days. <laughs> is it three days? I thought Apollo I feel like Apollo maybe. twelve or Apollo what did I watch with Tom Hanks? Apollo 13? Apollo 13, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was was like... Oh, maybe it was a month. What am I getting the three from? There was a three number for something. I don't know. Maybe how long they ordered it or something. Yeah, I thought it was like... I don't know. I'd have to look that up again too. But yeah, maybe it was like a month. But it's still a short time compared to like Mars. Mars is going to take like, what, like a year or two like to get there? Till Elon Um, builds the expressway. And then we'll just transport like that. Oh, yeah. Like that won't be in my lifetime, I don't even think. (laughs) If they can, that'd be pretty incredible if they could do that, but yeah. All right, so I was Googling how long, and you were completely correct. It takes about three days for a spacecraft to reach the moon. During that time, the spacecraft travels 240,000 miles. There you go. The so my children can now know that I am some, I know something about what I'm talking about. If you want to believe coolcosmos.ipac.caltech.edu, <laughs> which I feel they're pretty good. And to my point, the Apollo 11 mission took four days and six hours and 45 minutes. Wow, so I was completely wrong. Thinking a month. <laughs> and you were, maybe that movie was just really intense and it felt like a month for me. 
could have been. I mean, like I've seen like I, I haven't seen Apollo 13 in so long, but like even like Interstellar and stuff, like all those movies just make you feel Dude, like. Dude, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I hit that. I hit that vape at the wrong time and watched that movie, <laughs> and it turned me off. I was like, nope, I'm past that stage oh in my, my life. God. Can't See, can't let my mind drift like that, dude. I'm on a couch, fucking shuddered up, sweating, thinking I'm oh in gosh. there. It was it was intense. You me. have to watch it because there's actually really great science in that movie. Because um, and I actually talked about this with one of my astronomy students when we talked about black holes. So one of the big things in Interstellar is the concept of time dilation, right? And this is this might blow some people's minds. In my opinion, it blew mine. Where basically because of like theory of relativity, and I can't get into the math because I'm, I'm not a physicist, don't ask me that. <laughs> like, um, basically, there, there's something with the theory of relativity that as you get closer to like things like super massive black holes, they actually start to change time. Like Time starts to slow down as you approach black holes, and they, they kind of touch on that in Interstellar where they land on this planet, yeah. and they're only supposed to be there for a very short amount of time because, like, I forget what it is. Like, every hour there is, like, seven, seven on, years, years or something like that. Yeah. yeah it was like, oh, my and, God, we're going to get back, and I'm going to be 58. Yeah, And it was yeah. like, we've only and been here for five it, minutes. There's, like, snapping in the background or, like, ticks in the background, and each tick's supposed to represent time, like, as you watch that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, realistically, and this is, like, a thing we could do. If you want to talk about time travel, Right. You could actually, theoretically, if you wouldn't get swallowed into the black hole, black hole, but you could approach a black hole at a certain distance. You have to make sure you're not beyond that point where you're going to get sucked in. And you could return back home and you would be in the future. Now, can you get back? No. But, like, you could go forward in time because, like, you could approach this, like, farther period and then Wait. return and then, like, time would be farther away because, yeah, time would react differently. Okay, black so, because I'm like, hey, dude, if I travel to the moon and then I come back to the Earth, I am getting back to the Earth in the future because it's been a week, apparently. But what you're saying is, in my time, in my head, I would mm -hmm. travel to the black hole. It would be, if I started a stopwatch, four days, get back, and then all of a sudden, I'm a grandfather, even though... I'm younger than my daughter. Exactly. So you would still be the same age, but yeah. the people behind you would still continue aging at the same That's rate. And that actually happens. Yeah. The trippiest shit to think about, man. Like being And it happens on small scales too. If I I don't know the numbers, but if you look at the surface of the earth and compare it to the exact center, even that distance, there is a time difference from the center of the earth to like the outside where the, I, I forget which one's which where one's younger one's older than the other yeah. well that, so even in small instances it's crazy like that it, so like that makes sense to me but i guess then like the time travel would kind of make sense or going to the black hole would kind of make sense to me but not the aging aspect because i would feel you should age even if i'm not with you in the time frame right so like the earth has its own time because it's all about circles or i guess really ovals right but we fucking timed up these ovals revolving around this star or around this star and we're like we dictate that as a year and we figured out you get to be basically 90 before you die you get 90 years around this sun before you die now travel to a black hole you would think that 90 year time frame would still apply no matter how far or close you are to the sun so in your time you still would only be aging at that 90 year rate in your head yeah. i think but like it's like 
like manipulated because I guess like the way that black holes are, they literally stretch the fabric of space, I guess. But that's what I'm saying. And that that's, messes with things. Weird. That's where I get fucking lost because like, wait, yeah. but my kid is accelerated though I am decelerated. Yeah, Though I'm weird. still on that time frame. Like that's some Neil Tice DeGrasse type understanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm not at that level, but it's, to, I just, I know it. Ha it's a thing, but right? I, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it beyond where I'm at. You need an astrophysicist for that. <laughs> Dude, it's so trippy to think about because then when you get into this whole like anti-aging aspect and like fuck mm -hmm. Botox, man, let me bottle up a black <laughs> hole. And let me like send that shit. You remember, like, right? Like the Lorax and they're selling air. It's like, dude, I can sell black holes. And like, you tough this, take a whippet of a black hole and you'll slow down aging because you yeah. can like be transported away from whatever the characteristic is that makes our bodies degenerate right now. Like, yeah. that's crazy. It's so, it's to one think of the about things that, that actually I'm just could like, be real. Again, it comes back to why I love this planet, right? And I love everything we talk about because it's like, it, it kind of makes me feel like so insignificant. And I think that's why I'm so invested in this because I do have such a short time on this planet. Like I feel the need to like learn as much as I can and like really experience as much as I can. Maybe that's why I get to throw out of the rock climbing or traveling or just learning about like our planet because like I'm just so invested in knowing about like where we came from and what we're kind of living in. Because, like, we're only here for such a short time. I mean, like, the universe is going to go on when we're all completely gone way into the future. And, like, um, one day even then, like, billions upon billions upon trillions, I don't even know if there's even a number for it in the future. Like, even the stars are all going to die out. And even black holes, yeah. apparently they evaporate. That was a new thing I learned about. Don't ask me how. That was another thing you'll have to look into. But, like, something with, like, the way that protons and stuff react, like, they evaporate. Even they'll dissipate over time which is just like, what will be left? I guess that's that question on like, will the universe then restart? Just like kind of like how people think, oh, like the Big Bang was just like the end of like the last universe and then we'll start and it's like a loop or something like that. Or like, is that just it? And that was like a cool ride, but now we're, we're done forever. Like, we, I don't know. Like we're still around. Dude, why the fuck would you care? Billions of years. That's amazing to me. That like you want to go down. Like, I, I, I guess I'm so nosy. Like I'm such a curious person. I'm like, like I need to know everything. Like my friends have a secret. Damn, you got to tell me. Like you can't keep, or, like, just don't let me know you have a secret. Cause I'm going to like grab it out of you. Like I need to know. So maybe it's the fact that I'm like, well, that's not fair. Like the universe is keeping this stupid secret for me and I'm not allowed to know. Well, fuck you. I'm going to find out using the science that we have on earth right now. And I'm going to let you know. Like it's almost like I'm a detective trying to find out these secrets it's, I'm not allowed to know. It's where you've channeled your competitiveness. There we go. That's, I never put it into sports, but I'm just like, yeah. You've, that's you've, it you've put it into the universe. Your, your fucking antagonist is the universe. <laughs> the universe. Fuck it up. <laughs> Karma. <laughs> Cameron versus Karma. That will be oh, a Netflix dude. special. When you get out there, you'll be like, nope, fucking I'm changing fate. It's going to be over. I don't know. There is this like mentality. Like I know I'm going to die one day, but I'm like, maybe if I try really hard, I'll just be like, nobody, you can't die. And just keep living. <laughs> like, dude. It, so like all the movies make not dying sound terrible, but the reason it's not terrible and I'm, primarily basing this off of interview with a vampire and Anne Rice is <laughs> like everyone else around you dies. But mm -hmm. if that didn't happen and then if you were able to, and it would be nuclear fusion or fission, which 
I believe they just had an experiment like three months ago where it took less energy to produce more. Fusion, yep. Okay, which was they like super, you're like, holy shit, that's never going to make it out because you can't ever fucking sell that, right? Like yeah. pro- capitalism won't let it get out, but it's kind of getting out. And you're yeah. like, you're like, dude, so the whole reason why living forever sucks is because not everyone gets to live forever. So you still experience loss. But mm-hmm. what if you just really love hanging out with somebody else who loves, who can live forever? And yeah. like, then all of your kids like grow up and they're able to reproduce and you have these grandchildren and like the cycle of life continues, but there's this weird peak. And if you get into Bible, I know you had said you were kind of like religious early on in life. I was, well, I was, I was religious as a kid. I'm, I consider myself an atheist now, but I still understand. You, you can continue. I'm cool so, with talk, talking yeah, about dude, that. Like old, like old Testament shit. You look at them and it's like fucking Moses. Why are you 500 years old? Abraham, yeah, you're like 800 years old. Like, like where, no, where were you? How close was this black hole to the earth when God <laughs> created it? That allowed yeah. you to not be on our lifespan time frame, right? Yeah. Like it's trippy if you believe in the Bible. Like, why couldn't you get back to that if it was mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. So you could hit this theoretical point where we're able to have enough resources to supply what population booms of not dying would need. Why wouldn't that almost be utopic? Like you'd fucking bring heaven to earth if that shit was happening, yeah. man. And the interesting thing is, is there are like animals on earth that can theoretically like live forever. Like one of them's Stop. like this jellyfish, right? Like, like, no, seriously, like there's this jellyfish that it can actually revert back into its like larval stages and like repair itself and then like float back out. I forget what it's called, but there's like, it's like, just look, look up immortal jellyfish. Yeah, I believe it's Benjamin yeah. Button, Button-itis. <laughs> Benjamin Buttonitis. <laughs> no, but like, could you imagine if that cycle just kept going instead of like being over on, over. instead of being linear, it was cyclical. Yeah, like that's. It's weird, but it, it's a thing. Like, it apparently, can rebuild itself. And there's even this thing, um, another microscopic creature called um, a hydra, and they're freaking cool too because these little hydras, right? Um, I believe they're in the phylum Nidaria, which is, includes like all again jellyfish. That's all jellyfish and. Um, uh, corals and stuff that are in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lobsters. But these things... Sorry. Okay, I, no, no, the, the lobsters do the same thing. A lobster, like when they molt, you lose part of a lobster. And then when they go through their molt cycle, shit starts growing back. Yeah, uh, it, like, it, yeah, so it starts, it regrows its exoskeleton and... They say, I'm not sure if this is true, but they say that like the only reason like a lobster really dies is because it, it gets too weak to break out of its exoskeleton during right. multiple Is that true? I have no idea. That's the myth I've heard, but like. No, well, but yeah. like people were telling us, like, so I went to Boston recently and go to the aquarium and you start talking to people and they were like, so if a lobster loses its claw, it's like Deadpool where it starts to regenerate <laughs> yeah. as every time. And you're like, that's amazing so i didn't mean to cut you off with the jellyfish no, no, but i'm yeah. like oh, holy shit yeah, like that's crazy yeah. like the regeneration like steal that dna throw that into a fucking sheep and like figure out yeah. how to have life regenerate cells that are dying because that's yeah, kind of exactly. why you die well this this hydra thing has a cool thing where it, it does that regeneration process where they literally cut it right like it's almost like if you can imagine it it's like a broom, I guess, where it has kind of like these tentacles up top and then it like is straight towards the bottom and they cut it in half. And there's two cool things with it is number one, it grew back each side, right? 
So that was cool. So now you have it like the tail grew a head, the head grew a tail, right? Uh, the second thing they did is these scientists maliciously, but like they put it into like a blender basically and literally sh- shook up the shells of or cells of this thing. Like, so the cells have no idea what's going on and they put the cells like in a grouping and they're all kind of mushed together and they dyed the inside cells and the outside cells differently. So like the outside ones were purple, the inside ones were green okay. and it reorganized itself after being blended up and reformed itself from the cells that were left. It just needed one stem cell to remain, and it was able to regrow itself, like, indefinitely. I was like, what the fuck? Why aren't we looking into this more? Because, like, if we could, like, with genetic engineering, what if we just, like, were able to do that to ourselves somehow, like, in this complicated way? Or, like, even if you blend me up, not that that's not going to hurt, but, like, I could regrow my whole body back. It'd make make time travel hella easy, right? Because that was the whole fear. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like, like... I got, I got lost on the, as long as you have one stem cell. Yes. So stem cells are kind of those cells in our bodies that like, they are kind of, they don't really have an assignment yet. They can just do whatever they want. Like our stem cells eventually are told, Hey, you're going to grow into a liver cell one day, or, Oh, you're going to grow into a brain cell or a nerve cell or whatever, whatever. So like when it looked at this hydra, it's that kind of baby cell. So as long as there is one, it can continue reproducing itself through like mitosis and such and then regrow that itself. It was an insane finding that I, I teach taught marine biology this past um, semester. And that was like, we looked into the different phylums of these organisms. And uh, one of them was a hydra. And I was like, I don't even know what this thing is. And I just happened to come across this video. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is insane. And I can't believe nobody's talking about that. The thing blended up and reformed itself. So that makes sense when you I hear about basketball players going to like Germany for some like stem cell injections. Mm-hmm. And that makes much more sense now. So it's this um and I forget whatever the adjective would be, but a cell that can turn into any other cell. Yeah, yeah, basically. They're very valuable and even like um when you have like a child, right? Like a lot of the times like stem cells are I believe found in the cord or in the placenta or something yeah, like right? that. And they can harvest your stem cells from when you were a baby and yeah, they yeah, can yeah. freeze them and protect them. And that's a, even though it's insanely unex, expensive and only available to people who can afford it, it's very like a class elitist thing that you could be able to do. But like be able to afford these stem cells, you could later use them to like heal, like grow new organs, I guess, for you. Or like at least there's yeah. some sort of new research into these, these stem cells and how they can benefit you in the future. Cause you don't have to look for like an organ match or a donor or anything. You're and just can like, it already matches you cause it is you. Yeah. You wouldn't have to worry about rejection because it knows like, isn't that like, that's where in life I, I pass out is when I'm like, <laughs> why does my forehead know to grow skin, not hair? Yeah, I guess it's, I don't know how, I guess the DNA, like with the different inhibitors and like stuff. And it's like, that's fucking crazy because you come from a cell and then the shit keeps splitting. But at some point it starts splitting and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, you're a finger cell. You're a Mm -hmm. toe cell. And it's like, why don't my fingers look like toes? Who fucking knows, man? Something happens when you're there and it gets divided and your body figures it out. And if it's like, if those stem cells are the general contractors that just start assigning jobs... All you need would be like the DNA and the willingness of this, the the circles to be like, yep, we'll grow. Tell us how. And like, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like, again, comes back to that concept of like things in science that you like, like the fusion, right? We didn't think that was ever possible, but here it is. But like, like 
even DNA, like we really think about like DNA and how much we knew about genetics. Like we didn't know much about it until like the technology came about. Like, yeah, we had Charles Darwin who kind of was like, wait a minute, there's a connection here. And like Gregor Mendel, who's like seeing these patterns, but like we, they didn't even know what DNA was. They just saw these, like there was some sort of thing happening that Dude, was connecting took vacations. creatures. Dude, huh? Darwin did what you did. My man was like, yo, I'm gonna travel the world and I'm gonna record what I see and I'm gonna become famous. Like he was basically an influencer <laughs> before there was internet and cell phones. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, I I, I would love to like be like a travel account type thing, but I don't think I have the time to actually sit down and like actually like edit, edit these the videos yeah. or make or at least make it so people are like invested in it. I'm like I'm like it's cool that I I want to share these experiences with people. But it almost takes it away from like actually going to places because like I've been to Belize, I've been to um, several national parks across the entire United States, um, Japan, obviously, Malta, um, which is like right below Sicily. Um, I don't even know. I've been to Bermuda. I'm going to Costa Maya soon. And like, um, I don't know, all these different places. But like, it, it, I almost feel like like people who are like travel influencers and stuff, I wonder if it takes away from them because... I just want to be there to experience it for myself. Like, it's almost like that time where I'm like, I don't care about work. I don't care about these obligations. Like I'm here for me and my interests and just like enjoying the experiences and the memories I'm making around me. Like, I wonder like how often they're almost treating it like a business trip where it's like, oh, I have to get this video out or I have to do this cool thing. Whereas like, here I am, like me and my boyfriend, you know, when we did this cross country trip, we like literally just like, Every single day we like woke up and we're like, do we want to stay here one, another day or do we go to the next spot? Like we had no game plan. Like all I, all I knew is I wanted to go out West somewhere, but like we started in Ohio. Well, my parents wanted me to come back for a graduation party. So I went to Ohio, hit New York, stopped by Pennsylvania to be like, Hey mom and dad, can you give me my graduation money so I can continue funding this trip? See ya. And then going across the whole country um, where we ended up hitting like um, Wisconsin and we went to South Dakota. We went to Montana and Oregon, and Idaho and California and went all the way down to um, Utah and Colorado. And it was such a crazy experience. But like, I feel like if I was an influencer, I wouldn't have been able to just like wake up every day and be like, oh, I'm just going to wear a hood. Or maybe that's something people would be interested in. But I feel like I would have to find that content or that clickbait to make people like interested in it. And I don't want to waste my time trying to like gauge to an audience when that whole trip was like me find like genuinely not joking, me finding myself and seeing like what I want to do in life and what I'm going to get out of it. Cause there was so much time to self-reflect during these long drives and have these conversations with my boyfriend who I want to spend the rest of my life with. Like this gave us the time to really get to like, not that we didn't know each other before, but really see each other like actually in the middle of a storm in New York the lightning was striking the ground. I was like sobbing in this tent. Like we were sitting in this tent and the lightning, like this storm came out of nowhere and it starts striking the ground. And I wanted to run to the car, but I was almost too afraid. Like I would get struck because it was like everywhere. And like experiencing some crazy things like that, which I would have never had myself in that situation. Otherwise, like it built our, our bond stronger. And I really got to like, just take the time to like really get to know the person I love, make plan out this like life that I'd like to have in the future without any other stresses, like no job, nothing to just enjoy it. it? Dude, it's amazing. And it's such the teacher in you. So I wrote down just to reference back why I looked down like 137 mark, it's 139.50, almost three minutes. And you took us all the way across the country and gave us a life threatening experience in under three (laughs) minutes. Think about that, that shit. Dude, you like mentioned eight states 
scooped up some money from the parents, like talked about how it changed your life, hit on like cultural issue and was like done. And it was like, wait, that was three minutes. There was so much there to unpack. Dude, I got like less than an hour to tell these kids everything about the universe, let me tell you. Right? Like, no, that like it's, I don't want to take away from the traveling stuff, but like that really is a teacher thing is, it's funny, man. Like the ability to ramble and hit all these different things to try to like, oh, you might be interested in camping. You might be interested in relationships. You might be interested in me grabbing money. You might be interested in the word Colorado. You might be. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. How can I pull you in and then like try to tie it all together? It was just, it, it was funny. Thank you. I think it's, my mom always said, she's like, you better be a teacher when you're older. I don't even, I don't even have a teaching certificate. I work at like a charter school. So I just like, because of my degrees, I just got to like yeah. go right in. And like, I was lucky for that. Cause like, I was like, I don't want to be a teacher, but here we are <laughs> like teaching kids about my passions and it's cool. I have all my plants and rocks throughout that, that travel. Right. I have a whole bookshelf full of all my rocks and I pull them out constantly while I'm teaching so the kids can hold these different things. Like whether it's the plant, I have hermit crabs, I have snails in my room. I have these pets that like all my kids love. And I constantly just using all these different experiences like that I've gone through to relate it to whatever I'm teaching. Cause like, yeah, you're right. I do kind of pull everything together to then get to the point at the end. Yeah, no, dude, it's awesome. I'm definitely not throwing shade at you. Like it's impressive. It's uh, you, speak, you. <laughs> you, you speak like that. I don't know how great of a teacher I am or like where I would, what rock climbing level I would be as a teacher. Um, but <laughs> like if I was hiring teachers, I'd fucking hire you, man. I'd like, I'd, I'd like empower you and let you go. When I told my boss that I was looking at a new job, she was like, why? I was like, no, I was dude. like, please don't think it's, it's because of you guys. Cause I do love my job. I love my kids and I love my staff. Like they, are actually like, I feel like a lot of schools unfortunately have like these terrible staff members that don't support them. But ever since I, I walked into this job, I, even during my interview, I said to my, um, my boss, Kristen, I was like, you have the best team here. I've never felt more welcomed at a job before. Like I've never felt like actually a part of a family. Like I always felt like I was like needed for the wrong reasons, not because they like want me for as a person, but they want me for my skills. But here they wanted me as like a person and I really will miss my team because like the whole time I've been here, like they've supported me nonstop. And even when I told her that I was leaving and I told her why she's like, it makes me so happy. You know, it's not because of us like that. I, she's like, I want you to grow and I want you to experience these things because like you deserve that. And I love that. I had that support behind her. Um, I'm even just applying. I don't know. Hopefully I get the job. But we'll see. So like within our own company, like, um, so I'd still be at our, like our, our school is fusion and I still get to go to like, um, there's other fusions across the, uh, United States and hopefully I get a job at the one in Colorado that I'm hoping to go for as but it'd be an, an administrative position rather than a teaching position Whoa, but she early. has that look at behind. you I go know, you I'm ambition I love it I'm scared but I'm, I'm hoping I get it Dude, I actually was boss. just writing the stuff for the interview before I even got on here so I'm like maybe that's why I'm so like interview ready is like I've been preparing for this whole thing I know how to market myself I got this Ask me I'm a the question. best person ever <laughs> What are your weaknesses? I'll tell you. I talk too much. <laughs> I say too many interesting things that develop and inspire knowledge. <laughs> God damn it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that's the whole Michael Scott. What's your greatest weakness? I work too hard and I care too much. 
literally yeah <laughs> and I, I I always actually I genuinely struggle with that question where I'm like what are my weaknesses I'm like it's definitely talking it's rambling it's like I'm like I can't say all these things that, like I'm a little messy like I actually have my camera face this way so you don't see the destroyed room behind me of when I was trying to choose my outfit not for this but this morning just for work <laughs> it looks like a bomb went off like, it drives my boyfriend crazy <laughs> like, yeah I don't know I don't know I can't tell that in an interview. Like, oh, I hate putting my laundry away. Like, that's my biggest thing. Yeah, right. My the the thing you'll hate about me most is I might be five minutes late every day because I'm never sure if this blouse and shoes go together. I actually, so I wore black pants today, and I had brown shoes, and I had a crisis like in the mirror. Like, I was I was getting late. I was like black brown. Is this too light brown? And my my boyfriend, I had the hermit crabs here because we had spring break last week and I had to bring the hermit crabs back to my classroom and my boyfriend's going to help me carry them out to the car. And he's like, Cameron, I'm going to be late for work. It doesn't matter. The shoes look great. Let's get these fucking hermit crabs in this car. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Price is about the shoes. Shove the hermit crabs in get to school. All right, we're good. <laughs> I, um, because I write things down and I do somewhat try to stay organized, I'm a little conflicted between travel experiences and teaching goals, but I feel like we're kind of into teaching. Do you mind? And I, I don't want you to like, like get into your secrets that you would give away for free, but oh I'm curious because no, well, I'm curious because you seem to really enjoy educating and you really yeah. enjoy like the intellectual conversation. It seems like you really enjoy inspiring. Thank you. And yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Right. Like it comes across, man, because uh, people won't be able to see it. Um, But like your genuine smile and your gesticulations and flailing. Oh God, and all the this hand shit. movements. I wish Dude. you guys could hear my hand movements. They're everywhere. Yeah. I couldn't sit on them. Like I'd be like no. shaking in my seat from the movement underneath me. No, no fucking, I'm telling like, no, you need to be energetic and sell it, right? You're a cheerleader. That's what teachers are. You cheer your content. <laughs> so I'm um, all that to get at. And again, if I offend you, apologize, sorry, but not sorry. Like, why go towards administration? Why not stay in the classroom, especially at such a young yeah. age? Um, I guess, like, it's part of the experience of, like, I do love teaching. And, like, the nice thing about um, the administrator's position here is, like, I almost went for the same role that I'm applying out in Colorado at my own school um, because it's the director of first impressions position where I am the person who introduces the kids to this phenomenal school and gets to, like, excite them. And I also would do a lot of the... Um, creation of like what do we do over like um like for spirit week i get to do all that and set up the parties and do all these fun things and simultaneously if they need extra teachers here and there this this position will step in to fill in that role as need be like my 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 we call her the dfi she does um still teach some math classes here and there in her free time you know gotcha. um and so i still could teach those niche classes if they don't have a geology teacher or somebody and i have that experience bet i'm right in there um, even Spanish, because I, I, even though I'm, again, not talking about Spanish, I'm not going to Me hablo espanol muy bueno. Perfecto. A mí me gusta espanol y tú hablas muy bien. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I love Spanish too, but like, and here and there, like, they needed a Spanish teacher. And I was like, I kind of know Spanish. And they just, they threw me in there. And like, now I'm like a Spanish teacher on top of all this. Nice. But like, the cool thing with this position is I could, again, take all those like niche things that I know about and continue teaching while also being the first person to like really bring that spirit on the campus. And that, that's kind of what I want. Plus not going to lie, the pay would be nice, but. <laughs> oh, is it a yeah. like decently significant bump for you? 
Sort of, but so I'm actually hourly as a teacher, which is weird because it's a very unique school structure. So the way my school works, I was mentioning to you before we got onto this interview is it's one-on-one teaching. So it's me and a single student in this like tiny classroom office looking thing, but it's so cute. I have my whiteboard, I have my desk, I have my bookshelf and all my plants and hermit crabs crawling everywhere. And (laughs) like, like a wizarding school almost in this classroom. (laughs) But there's, um, there's some logs and a cauldron. We you figure, never know. We figure my kids out potions. <laughs> my kids have been like Cameron, can we organize your room? And I'm like, no, it's an organized chaos. Just leave it. <laughs> like, kids leave but, on brooms. It's it's fine. Yes, honestly. I know I was going with this point, but basically like, I don't know. I'd like to still get this job. Oh, hourly. So it's because it's that one-on-one um, teaching, I only get paid for the hour that I'm teaching and I get um, a few minutes of prep time as well. And which is great during the school year because I'm a loved teacher and I get booked up like crazy. Um, but over in the summer, wah, wah, like I don't really have that many hours. and I'm kind of like shit out of luck kind of deal. And so I'm having to like look for other jobs on the side, which is kind of frustrating. But here, if I took this role, I still get that, you know, interaction with the kids. But I also have that salaried position, even though it's about the same about what I make, it'd be a more consistent pay that I could plan my life ahead a little bit more, which we already know I struggle to do. So, (laughs) yeah, I was about to call you out on that. Um, And I don't know if it's the father in me that I'm like, wait, I thought you love waking up and being like, what's the plan for today? And now all of a sudden you want salary. Are, Are you going through a time warp where all of a sudden you're jumping from like 25 to 45? And you want this consistency? Like, Like, what's that about? A little bit. I think, like, part of it is, like, (laughs) it's, like, funny to, like, out my boyfriend on. I want to get married. Where the heck? I mentioned earlier we're seven seven years in. Where's my ring, Mitchell? Hello? You hear me out there? All right. Listen. (laughs) But he. one of the things when we had this conversation was we do want, like, a more, like, settled down life and, like, to, like, have something where we, like, specifically, again, we want to get out west because, like, He's always wanted to go out. That's been his dream. And in my dream too, not to say that it's not because I definitely want to go out there. But like if we can finally get out there and like start that process of getting settled, that'd be a big step. Because yeah, I did take this job because I, I, to be frank, like I was like, you know what? I got paid great hourly and I did a great job saving my money like over the summers and stuff. And I, I did all this really nilly stuff. But it's at that point where like I do want to, I'm 24 and which is still very young, but like I want to kind of start planning my life ahead somewhat where I can like have this game plan of like, you know, one day getting married and one day I do want kids, I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Definitely can't be a teacher and have kids. Could you imagine dealing with, like, you're, you're a dad? And you said, how do you do, do that? Go. My daughter. <laughs> yeah. So I was about to say, like, what the fuck, man? Like, part the best part of teaching, and maybe it's just me. So my daughter goes to my school and I've, like, substituted. I haven't been her main teacher, but I've substituted for several days when her main teacher calls out to her English teacher. And like, I'm looking at the kids in the class and it's a school of, so there's 30 kids in the class, right? Six of them have spent the night at my house mm-hmm. within a year. And then if yeah. I go with the hundred kids on the side, cause there's four classes, 16 of them at some point have spent the night at my house and three of them have like wet the bed. Cause that's how young they were. And I'm like, it's awesome that I know y'all and I don't have to be Mr. Dr. Coach already. Like I'm basically Sean, but really mm-hmm. what I am is a dad. And it's like, I don't fuck around. Like, dude, do like, I'm, I'm a dad. What dad does? Like, what's our job? What are we doing? I'll try to make it fun. I'll be goofy. You get to make fun of me. 
but you're going to fucking learn something. And if you're not about what we're doing, I'm going to be really mean to you and really strict to you. And then once you like get on board, we're good to go. And to be honest with you, I'm really sneaky sad that like it's going to end in a year or two. Because this whole wave of kids that I've seen since like, honestly, four years old, now they're 13, is going to like go. And this weird connection, I walk down and I fucking know like 95 out of 200 kids on honestly, like somewhat of a personal level. Like I've eaten with you. You've come over to my house. And like, that's true community. And it's, to me, it's beautiful. To me, it's awesome that... I, I, I've chased you around. My daughter's birthday is near um, Halloween. So oh, something cool. <laughs> something she does, which started like four years ago, I put out candy buckets. We got like two and a half acres. I put candy buckets out. So if you invite 10 friends over, there's 10 candy buckets. I put a glow stick in it. And then I go hide in the woods with fucking like Jason mask on. <laughs> and it's team release. So like oh the God. 10 girls have to go run around and five, find their candy and I'm stalking them through the woods and I tag them and they go and then they got to free their friend. And like, dude, like, by the way, I'm going to teach you how to write an essay on Monday. Like, yeah, it, it, it's so but tuck your shirt in, like showing too much skin, you know, like, nope, calm down. No, can't go to the bathroom. Stop cursing. Sit down yep. in your seat. And like, but it works. And I thought it would be really awkward, but it's not, man. It's very communal. And yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know, like I'm not preaching at you or any shit like that, but like, I don't think you should worry. I think you should embrace it, especially if you're genuine and you really yeah. seem to be you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. don't seem to have like, this it's, like It's facade. weird. It's like, I want, like, I do want kids. I'm going to be honest. Part of it's like, I just think pregnancy is really freaking scary. Like I'm Dude, scared to be pregnant myself. Like that freaks me out. Something fuck. moving inside <laughs> me, I think grosses me out. Like, I don't know if that's like very unmotherly of me, but like, I feel like I'd be freaking out like a worms inside me <laughs> or something. So that that's part of it that freaks me out. But like, I, I do love that. And that's such a great aspect that you mentioned, like talking about like the connection with your kids and stuff. Cause like, something that we do at our school again it's one-on-one so it's very personal and like they don't call me miss brick my last name's bricker they don't call me miss bricker they call me cameron and just see my face and i just call by their name and it's a very informal type setting which is great for our kids because a lot of the times they left public schools because they they just were those kids that like a lot of times just unfortunately get left behind or they're just like really misunderstood and they just really need that special attention that like you just can't do in a public school. No, no dissing on public school for that. But like you guys have like 30 kids. Dude, like how numbers can don't you? allow it. You know the what ratio, I mean? It, it's a scale issue. The ratios it's, don't yeah, allow. I don't as blame much you guys. Like it makes it, it like I couldn't do it. That's why I don't teach in a public school because I, I get eaten alive in a classroom of 30 kids. Yeah. But when it's one on one, I really do get to know them. And there's been like two or three kids that have really just been like so incredible to me and their backstories like unfortunately are just really hard to hear like they just had like the worst cards dealt to them and so many times like they they don't even have the support at home and I'm like you know what like I'd lose my job if you needed me like you find my email you find my phone you call me I'm there I don't care if I lose my job because like I care about you because you do make such real connections with these kids and I guess where it comes back into like me having kids myself like I don't think I could be a teacher and have kids at the same time because like, I feel like I would spread myself thin because I do put myself out for each and every one of these kids that I'd worry that maybe I wouldn't be the best mom to my own kid because I'd be like so over the place. And I say this from like a little bit of experience because 
my my family chaotic in the sense of like the amount of siblings I have. Um, so my parents, it kind of starts with my mom. My mom um, got married and she had my oldest sister. Track this, right? So she had my oldest <laughs> sister and then they got divorced. She married my dad, had me and my other sister, right? So now there's three of us. And then each of them, they divorced. And now my mom met her husband who has three kids and my dad met his current wife who has three kids. In total, I have four brothers and four sisters and then there's me. Brady Bunch. Exactly. It's, it's chaotic. So I want whoever's listening, please draw a family tree of what I just explained. I'd love to see it. <laughs> but like genuinely, like there was times where like in this great family, like amazing because I always had so many siblings just to pal around with. When one pissed me off. I went to the other. We ganged up on one another. We have incredible memories of like different games and family fun night and stuff. But there's also a unfortunate aspect to it of like you don't get all that attention. Like my my parents, there's only there's only there's several of them, but it, at one house at a time, there's only two of them, right? Like at my dad's, there's only my dad and my stepmom. Or at my mom, there's only my dad, my mom and my stepdad, and they couldn't be there all the time. They also have obligations with work. They also have things in their own personal lives they have to deal with, and then they have all these kids below that. So even though these children that are in my school aren't even my kids, I genuinely would worry that I wouldn't be able to like provide all that attention to my kids or. Maybe I would just be, quite frankly, so exhausted from working nah. with these kids because mine's an emotional job, too, where, like, I'm a teacher, but my title is teacher mentor. So I have days where my kids come in, and they tell you the heaviest shit you've ever heard. Like, I've had to contact CPS before. I've had to, like, you know, do suicide watch on kids and these types of things because those are the types of kids that come to my school, along with other groups, too. But it's such a mentally taxing job at this this job, and I love it, and I I... I'm so happy I can be that person where these kids feel comfortable to come to me and let me know these things because they've never felt safe before in their life. But here I am to like provide that for them. And I'm, I tell them it's going to get better. And I, I hope it does. But like, it's one of those things that's like, I really worry if I could handle all that on top of my own family. It, it's now, stressful. So I, and this is, I guess me being preachy, Yeah. but you have your kid you've now expanded your range of influence because now you got whatever Friday night sleepovers. Yeah. And those kids that you worry about, if your kid is around them and now your kid's a positive influence to be very cold, that's scalable because now the kid has you, but then those kids also have your kid, which is influenced by you at all those dinnertime conversations. So they're fucking getting it at both ends. And then when they come to your house, they enjoy it because they're like, oh my God, this is what stability is. Right. Do you see That's what I'm saying? That's a good saying? point. Like it, it, it actually, it seems like you want at this point in your life to be that for these kids. And it is taxing if you're pulled. However, what if instead of pulled, it's in orbit? I felt like that was going to be better than it was. Maybe I should have sold it better. But yeah, like what if you're the sun and all of a sudden all of these stray little comets that are asteroids flying through fall into your gravitational pull and become part of your world. And now you get to not only empower your own child to be a cultural leader in these situations, but you also get to better the environment that your kid is a part of and better the fucking world by making kids' lives better because on Saturday, you get to cook for them when they wake up for breakfast and you get to fucking listen to their story. You know, like when you and whatever daughter, son that you have, have breakfast. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, no, they that come, makes so much sense. Become, Look who's being inspirational now, right? Yes, dude. <laughs> and it, 
Yeah, like why why not? It's not like you have to have a fucking commune where people are drinking Kool Aid and like dying. I don't, I hope you don't get to that extreme. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh my god, I hope not. But, Maybe in the rock climbing community, because that's a miracle. <laughs> that's that, hey guys, that's my hard no. Kool Aid at the top. Kool Aid at the peak. No Kool Aid. Say no. But like, I think that's the lens to look at it from is not the fear of will I be stretched too far with my kid, but who is my kid gravitate towards? Like, who's my kid's friends? And do yeah. my kid's friends need support? And then how do I best support them? I love that, actually. Yeah, no, that does change my perspective a little bit, I'll be honest. Because like, it's not, again, it's, just, it's not that I don't want kids. It's just sort of that fear of the unknown. And I think yeah. ultimately, yeah, I think I would have kids. Like, ultimately, I really do. And I, I hope I'm great at it. I really, really want to take the aspects that I love about my parents and put that into my kids in the aspects that I'm like, mm, you could have done this better. Sorry, mom and dad, <laughs> you know, and like fix that moving forward. Um, but it, it's one of those tasks. And obviously Mitch has to be on board with that one day. And like, uh, until the rings on this finger, I don't even want to think about it. Just yet. <laughs> but like, like I said, so maybe, maybe now I can start thinking about it. Once I go to Colorado then I get the ring, then I have the kids maybe, and then probably, and then go for, from there. And then, who knows what my later life has like this. I'm just in, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle of my twenties in November. I'll be 25 in November. So like, um, as my older sister said, I'm a quarter of the way there. <laughs> so yeah. Like, is 25. Was... That's interesting. Is 25. Like, are you feeling old? Yes. I feel like really? I, like my knees, what the heck? Like, why, why are my knees cracking? And <laughs> why am I waking up with a sore shoulder? Like I never had that before. So yeah, I definitely noticed a few things and yeah, maybe you could be like, Oh, it's cause you worked out. No, there've been days where I've been lazy as fuck. And here I am like struggling to get up out of bed. Like, I don't know what my deal is. So yeah, it's definitely been a change. Same with my biggest thing, ready? The sleep patterns, right? Oh my God. In college, how did I ever go for like three hours of sleep? Like I, there was a point in my life in college where I was working three jobs while in school and I would get up at six o'clock, go to my job as a pet store manager. Then I would come back onto campus, take my classes, take a break for an hour, go to a different job um, on campus, come back, go back to classes, come back, do telemarketing, which sucks. Never <laughs> do that. Sucks so, yeah, it sucks so bad. I hated it. And then I would come home, do my homework. By the time I was done, it was like 3 a.m. I'd go to bed and have three hours of sleep, get up again. I don't get eight hours and I feel like I died. Like I, like I don't know when that happened in the two years since I graduated, but maybe I'm just catching up on all the missed sleep that I didn't have before. But like, I, I struggled so hard this morning. Like I literally was like going like, like smacking my face, like trying to get up out of bed this morning. And it's not that I'm like, it's not that I hate my job. Obviously I love it. But yeah. It's literally the fact that I just couldn't wake up. So. <laughs> and like so the sleep thing makes you feel like you're old yes because <laughs> like, like when you're young like you could like how like this is a, a very young person thing i literally used to pull all-nighters in high school to play minecraft okay <laughs> like legit all-nighters i had if you like the, this this server on minecraft that i had that i was on it literally had like every time you logged in it told you how many in-game hours you spent like in in real life I think I had like 20 or 30 days, days in this game. Like that's 30 times 24, right? For hours. Like that's, that's wild. That's what over 600. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was, that's bad. But like at the same time, like I used to do that, grab my cup of coffee, like, you know, little 
15 year old go in my coffee in the morning and then go to class and just do it all over again but you're not doing shit in those classes you're just fucking you're passive and maybe you're learning maybe you're not right like now you have responsibilities which is taxing right now you got preparation to dude to be honest with you i like dude i'm 40 what am i 41 going on 42 and i don't know if i'm a, a genetic specimen but with like doing the podcast you know there'll be times I grab four or five hours of sleep, feel like I'm fairly effective as an instructor, grab a 20 minute nap after a eight hour day of teaching. And I'm like, solid, let's go. Yeah. You know, for the rest of the night and the next day and rolling, like there's not this weird lag. I, That's interesting. The whole like, you need sleep thing. And that doesn't make me feel young anymore. That's, um, that's yeah, actually it's something really weird. I like I, I feel like I never had that issue of like waking up. Like I still hated it. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't anywhere near like the actual like I'm I'm struggling to get up to my alarm. Like that never happens. Like I I, I set one alarm and I'm up. Mitch, on the other hand, has this like you know you know what he did recently. So he he changed his stupid alarms right. So. And they sound like ducks in the morning. They're quacking while I'm trying to sleep. Like sometimes I'll I'll get to sleep in on like he works on Saturdays some days, right? Um, because of his job. And I get to sleep in on my Saturdays and it'll be like wah, 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 like while I'm trying to sleep That's at like so eight AM and it, it pisses me off. But like it's also kind of funny because it's like now there are ducks quacking in our room instead of like this wah, 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 like really loud alarm. It's what? like quack quack. <laughs> Have you woken up to music before? Mine's kind of like, I have the one on my iPhone. It's like the do-do-do-do-do. No, like legit music. So like, I no. like I, I, I don't know. I love Ikea. I go to Sonos. I, I have Sonos instead of Alexa. And you can set an alarm and it's like tied up to a playlist. So it's my hip hop playlist. So I wake up to like Big Pun, Jay-Z, Eminem, Snoop Dogg. And it's like these different rap songs that Nas you lay in bed and he's whatever they start rapping about their shit. And it's like weirdly draws you out of bed. It's not like the ringtone music. It's legitimate music that inspires you that like your hype music. I don't know. What would my hype song be? Probably like some sort of like go get them song. Like, I don't know. Like I kind of like like those bad bitch songs, like where you feel like, you're like, like nobody, I don't know, like just like untouchable almost. Like I'm trying to think like, there's this one song in my playlist. I think it's called Witch. Hang on. It's, it's spelled Witch. I want to see who it's by. By Devin Cole, W-I-T-C-H with dots in between. And it's, it stands for um, woman in total control of herself, Witch. Uh... And, and that's like one of those like, why are you so scared of a strong woman? I think that would be my song. Like start out, like start my day. Like you got this, that bitch. Like you can yeah, do it. Dude. Like. Yeah. Like, why do you not have a playlist that you wake up to that you fucking have 85 songs in shuffle and instead of quack, 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 who the fuck wants to wake up to quack, quack, quack? Like the worst. Mitchell does. My boyfriend Dude, likes to quack. It must be a hunter. Like if it inspires him, shout out to Mitchell. You're a better I don't think man it than me. inspires him because he sleeps through and he snoozes it and then the ducks will come back on again. But dude, yeah, you throw on some music that like you jam to. That was my secret sauce. I was in the National Guard and I'd have to get up at like 2 a.m. And I'd work like a night shift as a busser, get home at 11. You're trying to get a fucking two hour nap as an 18 year old and then like wake up at two to be somewhere at four. And back then it was like timing the CD in your whatever disc man. I got, I felt really cool when I got wall mounted CD player. 
And like putting that shit on blast was it. Like Eminem's curtain call. Put it on blast, turn the volume up, and like that'll get you out of bed. It's not like meh, meh, because all that does is annoy you and wants you to it turn it off. Versus, oh man, I like this song. Let me embrace it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll start uh, start a playlist because recently we just transitioned from Apple Music to Spotify. That was like a whole argument where Mitch bought the duo one, right? Where it's like you pay for two people. But I've been such an avid Apple Music user for the longest time. And now I can move all my music over to Spotify. And I feel exhausted thinking about that because there's probably like over a thousand songs on there. And like, you're like, you're asking me almost to start over. It almost be like to me, like switching from iPhone to Android. Like, do you know how many apps I bought on iPhone? How many like photos? I think I have 14,000 photos in my camera alone. Like on my, I'm not even joking. Like, I, I think it's it's ridiculous. So like the thought of just even moving my music just sounds exhausting, but I finally did it. And like, here we are at Spotify. So maybe now I can finally make that playlist that he's been telling me about. And then I'll go, I'll go from there and start up my morning. <laughs> Dude, tell me about the trend. I'm actually really interested in that. The, Apple to Spotify transition. Do you have to go find each song in Spotify or is there a way That's to- That's what I've been doing. I don't, maybe- Seriously? That would if there's not oh a way, if there's a way to do this and I've wasted all this time because that's what I've been doing. I've been like going through my albums and just adding the albums that I used to have. Dude, that <laughs> and I think be... I take like five minutes a day because I'm like I can't do this all once. No doubt. That's tedious as fuck. It is. It's really fucking annoying. And that's why I was really mad about doing this. But he like already bought it. So I literally he he's been paying for my half of it for like two months now. And he's been complaining about it for forever. I was like, fine, I'll finally transition. And like now here we are. Like I'm in I finally got the the password set up and all that stuff and like I'm I'm adding things slowly. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's been a tedious process. But maybe I should look into seeing if there's like a nice <laughs> way to move it over. Yeah, I I, I don't know, but I, I doubt there would be because why would Apple incentivize anybody to leave yeah. with all their playlists? Although you would think there would be like a third party app. Yeah, that maybe. would hop on that shit. That would be like, hey, man. Yeah, somebody make that app. That'd be nice. Exactly. Log us into your Apple. Trust us with your information. And we'll know <laughs> all that. And then automatically grab it all from Spotify and reprogram it. Because that that is the weird investment in your life. When you start buying a brand and you mm -hmm. get older, it's like, dude, I'm not like I've got nine years of clicking likes. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck would I all of a sudden just start over again yeah no, that, that's a legit thing because like when i got my iphone right, oh i don't remember where i got my iphone but i definitely remember my ipod right my first like apple touch ipod i was like i was young i was like 13 right when that thing came out and so i've been an apple user since the moment that thing came out and i spent time and money on all those apps all those photos everything's on there so i can't even think about transitioning to another phone because that'd be horrible to try to move everything over like i'd, I'd have to like put all my photos onto my laptop and God knows it doesn't have the storage for it. My laptop, it's like 10 gigabytes just going to compare to like my 200 some on my phone. But like, it, it just sounds like an exhausting task. And the only reason I was okay with Spotify, honestly, was because um, I kept tricking Apple to use my school ID as my school ID, like my yeah. teacher ID as my school ID so I can get the student pay. Yeah, yeah. But they, they figured that out. So now, now I have to pay actually $10 instead of five. And I was like, well, that was it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that, that, that was the, what was it? The straw that broke the camel's back or whatever? Yeah, yeah that was yeah. it. I was like, I'm not paying $10. Dude, Mitch is so, like, I'll pay for it. Okay, fine. It's so funny when you're like, it's just $5. You're like, ah, that's not much. Just $5 more. But you're like, yo, it doubled. 
all of a sudden you're like, nope. Not That's exactly double. how it was. I was like, it would have been fine. It's like if they had just kept it at five for everyone. Yeah, whatever. I would just keep doing it mindlessly. But the fact that you're making me like go from like the college, like cheap pay. And now you're making me pay more just because I'm an adult. Like, stop that. No, yeah. like, I still want cheap stuff. Cause I'm like a young adult. Like I'm still broke. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, trying to be broke. I'm trying to travel, bitch. Trying to like okay. set up my family. Why are you taking money from me? I, I complain about being broke, but then here I am talking about DoorDash. Fucking <laughs> Poke Bowls instead of dollar menu. I know. They're just so good. I, I have an addiction. To, that's another reason not to be pregnant, okay? I wouldn't be able to have sushi. How are you going to do that to me? With that's the, like a thing. You're not allowed to have raw fish, like when you're pregnant, apparently. I mean, you could get it like tempura'd. No, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's it's not, not the same. Definitely not. I want that raw salmon. Although, so good. If, if it was th this, actually... As a woman of science, yes. wouldn't your body reject the raw fish? So you're believing something without consuming it and not giving your body a chance because how do you know? Eat some sushi. And if you accept it, then it's not killing your well, baby. Well, I think it's more about the potential parasites and stuff. Like they're afraid of it harming the kid. But like, I don't know. People say you can have a glass of wine. So like... <laughs> Again, I've never been pregnant, so like I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. Oh well, I guess I should ask my sister. This is a total off thing that's kind of cool, right? You want to talk about like crazy things in my life? Yes. My sister recently had identical triplets without IVF or anything. What do you mean without IVF? Like she just conceived them naturally. She she didn't have to go through like the injection process of like in, like putting the fetus in, inside the uterus and everything. Like it's completely natural that oh. she conceived these. So and not take away from your sister's amazing accomplishment. No, definitely not taken away from her because you got like, what, eight siblings? So I'm not trying yeah. to have motherfuckers <laughs> come after me. But so like are twins or triplets more common in intravitus fertilization? Than it depends. Like, so for example, my, my roommate, right? The one I mentioned a while ago who knew the other rock. Anyway, she doesn't matter. She's also a triplet herself, but... Her mom was unable to get pregnant. So they did some sort of, might, maybe the technology has advanced since then, right? But they did in vitro fertilization where she had legit six fetuses in her uterus at once when they put these in. And she had to make the decision. I think, I think they either, she either decided to remove three of them somehow or they just naturally died off. And like, Whoa. then she was able to conceive the three that were still remaining and then she had triplets that way. But like, it's because she was infertile. that They had to work through this whole process to get her these kids. My sister was like, legit, I hate to put it this way, fucking around and found out. Like, that's how she kind of got pregnant. <laughs> and it started off with like one kid. Like, she was so excited, like, like, in the sense of like, when she found out, she just thought, you know, one kid told us at like six weeks, we're like, great, first ultrasound. They, they saw twins is what we thought. We're like, oh my God. And then the third ultrasound, that's when they found the third one. We're like, stop getting ultrasounds. You're going to find another one. But like, and it was stressful because she had diabetes and every, like she has um, type one diabetes and everything um, and struggled throughout her entire pregnancy, like almost died and all these things, but then ended up having these incredible babies at the end of it, who are my now nephews. But like, I don't even know how we got the triplets with these guys. Like my mind wanders, but like, yeah. So that that's like another cool thing in my family is she had these babies and like the chances of that happening were like one in 200 million or something like that. And we don't even have a history of twins or anything in, in either of my step-siblings families or my family, you know? So it was, it was really random, but really cool. Gotcha. Yeah. I, um, when I play it back, I'll have to remember how we go from Apple to Spotify to, babies. I don't know. I've got this really fertile sister that's <laughs> able to conceive triplets without IVF. 
I feel like I might have like I'm I'm like thinking about going to see a therapist. I think I have like ADHD or some shit because like I am the brain is everywhere. Everything pops in and I'm just like I bl- blurted out like I word vomit. Like I don't know. Think out loud. I don't think that's a bad thing, man. I I like I a little battle with that. I don't know if it's cuz I'm older or I'm slower, but like it it's the whole no filter thing. And I'm like why yeah. is why is that a terrible thing to like have thoughts and be okay with thinking out loud like why 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 do we want to say no to that as a society i don't know maybe it's this idea that you need to be quiet and like do your work and whatever i don't know maybe it's that kind of thing but for me like i guess i was always like self-conscious of like over talking a lot like i do obviously this is a great example in this whole interview thing going on here in the podcast but like I don't know I I don't know why people should think of it as a bad thing because I think it's one of my best traits that makes me able to like chat to people so easily because like I can just pull shit out of nowhere that relates to them like in or whatever they have to say like you could say something so out of there and I'm like I have a story that relates to that that has like a really random way to get there but it does connect eventually and it's it's something that like keeps the conversation flowing because again when we talk about Mitch my boyfriend who's very different he he's so introverted and quiet and he we've had conversations he's like i just don't understand how to like start these conversations like how to keep it going like you you give him one question he answers one word and he's just like yep and next you know but like i just keep going with it and it i guess it's just like this like favorable trait for like talking and just like being able to communicate and connect with other people that i don't know i i I think it's a great trait but I, i can see how at times it can be like I apologize for it because I feel like sometimes it can be like oh, annoying or seen um, seen as oversharing at times. Oh, That's what I worry about. It's like, am I over talking about my life? Like, am I am I not listening to you or you feel like I'm trying to overshadow you? Like, that's something I think about a lot too. Like, I want to listen to you, but then I also like, I'm so excited to tell you about everything that I have to say that it's not because I don't care about you. It's just like, oh, I just, you need to know about this cool thing that I know about. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a genuine excitement. No doubt. Yeah. Dude, your your body, your choice. If it's your mouth, you get to share. <laughs> that's what society has taught <laughs> I like us. that a lot, actually. <laughs> right? Like, that's what society has taught us. Okay, um, pinky toe, go. Pinky toe? Um, oh, my gosh, my sister. So another one, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. She actually broke her pinky toe, like, a while ago, and she actually has this really big vendetta against my family for this because she broke it, and they never took her to, like, go get it set, so now it, like, looks weird. <laughs> like, she gets really mad about it. See what I mean? Like, I have something for everything. Um, Honda Accord. Um, actually, okay, so that's another one. So there was a Uber driver. I'm not even joking with this one, too, right? We can talk about Uber and stuff. And I remember the first time I sat in a Honda Accord was this Uber driver who drove me from my school to the airport. And I just really wanted one of these um, cars. And I actually, when I was looking to get my first car, which is it's a Ford Fusion, I wanted one of those, but like for whatever reason, it was more expensive. So then I ended up with the Ford Ford Focus that I have now. <laughs> is the Fusion really more expensive than the Focus? I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, the Fusion, oh wait. So so I'm not trying to fact check you. I have the Focus, I have the Focus, that's what I have. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, the Focus, Focus is smaller SC, than the Fusion. That's right. what I was thinking. Sorry, my best friend, she has the Fusion. So we Bougie. both have our Ford cars. Bougie and bitch. back to the rock climbing, right? Oh For a second. Wait, this connects. Is there, there a Honda There on are top? magnets that our gym offers. And they're like these little R's because the name of our, our gym is Reach. And we put the magnets on our cars. 
And we all know who's in this climbing community based on their cars and that little magnet on the back. I'm like, oh, I know where you go. <laughs> like, again, it's the cult. It's an identifier. Like, And we'll steal each other's magnets and we'll put them on each other's cars. Like, you'll come out to your car and be like, who fucking stole my magnet? Where is it? And you think it'll search all of our other friends' cars to find, like, your magnet. But it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It is, but the one time it was it's so, so lovely. funny. So they stole, I had two of our magnets on Mitch's car and we went to, on an outdoor rock climbing expedition and they they secretly stole our two magnets off ours and they put it onto our friend Maddie's car. And we're literally driving behind Maddie and we're dumb as fuck. Okay, let me put that out there. So we're driving behind Maddie and I'm in the passenger, passenger seat, Mitch is driving and we're like, why the fuck does Maddie have three magnets? Like, why the fuck, why does she need so many? And we were making fun of her for having so many magnets without knowing that it was our damn magnets the whole time. So it was actually us who were getting conned because somebody stole our magnets without us knowing. And we were just like shit talking her for legit probably like 30 minutes as we're driving behind her. And then it took us like a week to, but I was like, wait, where are our magnets? And then I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like, now we look like idiots for like shit talking her for our magnets that were on her car that we had no idea about. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at random things around the room. Curtains. So, if we want to talk about curtains, <laughs> see what I mean? This is what I'm talking about. Um, I was actually considering getting curtains, like, a few months ago, because our cat, so we have two cats for everyone listening, and their names are Beans and Biscuit, okay? I love them so much, but Beans loves the window, and we have those types of curtains. I don't know what they, I guess it's a window shade, you could call it, where it's, like, those white layers that kind of fold up upon one another as you put it up. And uh, okay. Yeah, so we pulled it down, and she freaking destroyed them like she tried to get out the window so she destroyed the whole thing and now we're probably not going to get our security deposit back on our apartment because she destroyed it so now now we have these that's another thing so like literally we keep our window like half open like i can see outside because i can't bring it down come on beans uh, i think it cut off a little right at your dramatic uh, <sighs> gesticulation of and i can't even bring my window down <laughs> <sighs> Dang it. Yeah, I can't even bring, like, the, the curtain down to, like, hide to get changed. I have to go hide in the bathroom <laughs> to get changed because it's all destroyed at the bottom, and I don't have the money to replace it for new curtains. But the, I thought about getting them, and I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just going to live my life inconvenience of changing in the bathroom instead of my own bedroom because I can't hide from the window that my cat destroyed. <laughs> you, like, you think you won't get your security deposit back because of curtains? That's well, there's thing. other things. They've also, so this actually happened while we're sitting here. When the door shut, they like to try to come in because they're, like, mad that they can't hang out with me. So they dig up the carpet uh, near the door so they have to leave the door open. So that's another thing they've destroyed. These cats are a hassle, but I love them, and I would die without them. <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about cats because I hate nothing more than a cat. What? That's fine. I actually, I feel like I can understand because I used to be a cat hater. <laughs> Not like a full hater, but like I definitely was like team dog for such a long time. Um, my parents have this sweet little toy poodle. She's so cute. Her name's Carmel. She's amazing. And I got her on my 15th birthday and she was technically my dog. But when I moved out, my siblings were like, I swear to fucking God, you take this dog from us. I was like, okay, family dog now. Not my dog. You guys can have her. Like I like how can I do that to my younger siblings who are still in high school, you know, right. like take the family dog from them. So Carmel stays at my dad's house. And when we were moving, um, beans was kind of one of those cats that like, we didn't really ask for. So that trip we took across the country, we were driving back from Kansas to Ohio 
And we lived with Mitch's dad at the time. And he calls and he's like, hey, where are you guys? Like, what time are you going to be home? We're like, mm, midnight, you know. He's like, okay, well, I have to head out on this trip because it was nearing the weekend. He had to go out somewhere. He's like, just make sure to feed this kitten when you get back. And we're like, what fucking kitten? What kitten is this? He's like, oh, yeah, like the neighbors found it. She like hopped up onto a truck, right? The, the, this is how all cats are found. They're all strays. Dude, like, you so have to just true. go getting a cat. The cat comes to you. She jumped on this truck. Drove all this way with this family, and the family finds her, like, on the truck, and they're like, shit, like, we, what is this cat doing here? And she was so little, like, they couldn't just, like, take her home. They had a dog, so they found him. And anyway, that's how she became our cat. And at first, I, like, wasn't sure. Like, I loved her, of course. I was like, oh, my gosh, a pet. I love it. But, like, I wasn't sure if I loved cats more than dogs. But now I'm realizing with such a busy life, it's so much easier to have a cat. And mine, mine just happen to be very affectionate cats. Like I lucked out really well. Like they love people. They always run to the door to greet everyone like a dog would. They always are rubbing up. They want to like, they, they sleep on my chest at night. They jump up on the couch. They want to be pet. They, they're very friendly, but like, I never realized how much easier it is. Cause like, I don't have to get up early to go walk it. <laughs> I don't have to like go pick up its shit outside. I'm just like, go dump the litter box every so often. I just give her food in the morning and then I just come home and I fill it again. Like I can be gone all day. And because there's two of them, they have each other. And even better, we've been training our cats to be hiking cats. They have little harnesses. And we take them on hikes with us. Stop. You, <laughs> that's so de, not demasculates, but it does. Like they don't Cat even get to boys. fucking walk. They have to be held like babies in hangover. No, I mean like, no, I have like a heart, like I, I put a harness on them and like I, I do have, <laughs> I, I have like a backpack they go in. So they have like, they have their little backpack and we'll go hiking and yeah. then we'll get to like a spot where they can come out and then I'll have like a leash on them and I'll, I'll let them walk around. And then when it's time to go back in the backpack and we go back on our hike, me and Mitch with our two cats, we look like insane people, but it's been like the best experience of my life walking around with it's... my cats. So they, they are just like dogs, just like easier. <laughs> um, lighter. I don't know about easier. <laughs> How do they deal with the leashes? They, it was, it took them a cent, like a second to like, get used to it. Cause like, it's almost like a, like a puppy. Like they don't want the, the harness, you know, they're chewing yeah. at it. They're pulling at the leash and stuff. And the cats did the same thing, but eventually they kind of recognize that the harness and the leash are a reward because they always want to go outside. They always sit near the windows. They sit near the screen door. So they know when I pull out that harness, Oh, it's time to go outside. So they don't mind it now. I just put it on and they know they're going somewhere when they see it. Gotcha. So yeah. Yeah. Dude, the most gangster thing I think I would ever see in my life is a motherfucker who would whistle and then the cat would just come like a dog does. I've never, crazy. never seen a cat trained as well as a dog. And I think I'm that's gonna... my turnoff. Like the lack of obedience and the excess of fuck you. Like cats to me are yeah. all fuck you. There's they no do have a little bit, but like, you. like biscuit, like I have this thing, like, so I got biscuit when she was really baby. She was like, like seven weeks. Cause beans was so depressed being by herself all day when we were all out. So we we're like, we need to get another cat for beans. So that's how we got biscuit. <laughs> so now she has like a little, she like kind of took her on like her baby. Cause beans was like a year old. And then we had this kitten. So it was like mom, baby kind of thing. But um, yeah, biscuit, we, we she kind of has this train thing where like, um, when she was a kitten and I used to come in the room, she used to be so small, she, I couldn't see her. So I'd go, Biscuit, where are you? And I'd call for her and she'd come running out because she saw that I'd come home. So now when I, I call her, I'll be like, Biscuit, where are you? She'll come running. Wherever she is. Yeah. Like, like nine, outside, nine, I think nine times leash, out of ten. Sometimes she's sleeping and doesn't hear me. Yeah, without the harness, she'll come. Beans, beans we didn't train like that, though. You know what I mean? Like she, she was already a little bit older when we found her. 
that she's kind of a little willy nilly. Biscuit, yeah, she comes. I'll be like, Biscuit, where are you? Now, if we were outside, do I think she'd come? Probably not. But like, she definitely comes when I, like, I'll be laying in bed and I'm just like, where's my cat at? I'll like, Biscuit, like calling for her and she'll come over. So, yeah, see, if I'm, I'm, if I'm not, I take my dog to the beach all the time and it's a dog friendly beach. Get off the leash. You just go wherever and yeah. you throw in some AirPods or um, for me beats and you're walking and all of a sudden it's been like three minutes and you're like, where the fuck is my, and shoom, that thing just like bullet coming at you. And I trust it, right? Like yeah. no matter the range. I do not trust a cat in that situation because yeah, I wouldn't either on that one. I'll be honest, but we didn't train it. Like, I wonder if you took a cat and we really sat like, you know, with a, a puppy, like you gotta, like, you really got to work at that training. Like, I, I wonder if, I, so. if anyone took the time with the cat, if it would, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel no, I feel like dogs were put on this earth to serve humans. Well, that's such a great point because they actually co-evolved with humans. So yeah, we, that's yeah, the wolf thing, That would right? make sense. Yeah. Whereas cats didn't necessarily, so. Cats are still looking to be fucking, pr cats are like pissed off that they got bred down. They're like, motherfucker, I should yeah. be a tiger. I'm a tenth of what I should <laughs> maybe, be. Maybe if I reason. just continue this, maybe I will be the one to start this co-evolution with cats. Like mm. it starts now. And in the future, cats will be just like, oh. <laughs> Dude, those cats look at you like you're Cleopatra and they're waiting <laughs> to fucking gnaw your eyes out because you bred them down from pumas you were like no they love me they they no beans she even <laughs> she used to be scratching our couch for a while right which is like another thing cats do you know what i did i got these fake little nails you don't declaw cats because that's messed up you have to like take off a whole knuckle to declaw them i got these nails you just glue them onto her little nails and now she has pretty little nails stop <laughs> dude that's a thing Wait, say more about this. Help me understand. You Close. glued <laughs> fake nails onto your cat, which allows them to be declawed? Yeah, and to her, so the cat's nails, they, they do kind of like, they almost like peel off or like shed over time. So you, they do fall off naturally and then you have to replace them. But yeah, you just like, you get like glue, you stick it on. It, I'm not going to lie. This is a like heinous process with holding your cat down to this. This is not pretty but we've done it. <laughs> like, okay. And we like, we get the glue. It's a two man process. I hold beans. Mitch gets the, the nails and we just stick them on there. And then she has pretty little nails and you'll, she'll be walking around with her nails done dead. <laughs> You're like, I never thought if I started this interview, I'd get this wacko. On my show. No, I never thought I would get the education of there's a legitimate option to nail or to glue cat nails onto yeah. a feline yeah like pretty nails. but that stops them from clawing or like she'll, that's... she'll do that process where she'll go up but it's like you have these like rubber they're like rubber i guess like nails on that coat her nails so like it's not like it does anything so she does that motion where she's like pawing at it and then it's fine uh, so it doesn't take yeah. up the fabric. Yeah, but it's definitely like one of those like she does not like when we do it but once they're on like she doesn't mind like she's like whatever <laughs> How long do those last for? Mm, probably like two to three weeks and then you replace them. But like when I ordered them, they were like only like $6 or $7 on Amazon. I'm going to go back to saving the planet where we started. <laughs> Dude, you're so right. My little fake nails. All right, saving the planet, saving my couch. All right, guys, I have to make a choice. Saving your plant, saving your cat, saving the plant, saving your fucking furniture and security yeah, deposit. It's not true. about saving well, the cat. To be honest, that was a short-lived thing because I got tired of it. She doesn't have it now, I'm going to be honest. 
but like yeah i just at some point the couch got ruined i think friends whatever did like spill wine or alcohol whatever on it and i was like i don't even care anymore whatever so now i just let her use it like normal but yeah for like a while i was putting those nails on yeah and it was a tedious process (laughs) i really hope you reconsider especially when you have a child and that cat looks at your child like prey and you're worried about your cat hunched over a bassinet waiting for your kid to flinch and the fucking like your cat's ass starts wiggling and it drops <laughs> and those eyes get really big and it's just waiting to thump. and then your baby screams and you're like, you know what? Should have listened to Sean and been a dog person. Damn it. Oh, you're so right. Or I'll just keep the cats out of the room. But that doesn't work always. So again, I, see, I can connect everything. One time, so my mom had cats when I was little, and we had hamsters. I can, I, you can already tell where this is going. <laughs> and we kept the hamsters in our room because our right. my mom's cat was like a barn cat that she took. And we had to be so careful every day shutting the door to make sure the door shut. Barn and cat? And Luna, yeah. her name was Luna, she got in there, and my mom said it looked like a massacre. Like, it was ripped up everywhere, all over our bed sheets. Like, all, my mom said she almost threw up. And she was like so scared to pick because we were in elementary school when this happened. She was so scared to come pick us up and be like, sorry, violate your hamster. She's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a traumatic day for my mom. She's like, no more. I can't keep doing this. Like it was, yeah. She killed two hamsters though. Yeah. We had two. That was the second time she killed it. The other one got out. That was kind of my bad. He just like got out of his cage and that one got destroyed down in the basement because he found his way down there. But this one, we tried really hard to protect it, but it just wasn't good enough. What do you mean destroyed in the basement? The cat found it or? Yeah, he found it. And then, yeah, he murked it. <laughs> that hamster got, <laughs> yeah, uh, shredded. And you're hoping <laughs> your child can survive based on your ability, <laughs> sleep deprived, to make sure a door is closed. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got a point there, but like, you know, the cats came first, I guess, right? Oh, shit. Dude, I hope in 40 years, talk about time travel. <laughs> I hope in 40 years, your kid's having kids. And here's this quote on some fucking level of whatever. Like, what, what would be like a radio wave of the cats came first. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and that's all that's all that echoes behind your kid when they're behind the bookshelf shouting at themselves in right? a little tiny space suit. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get like one of my friends to go travel to one of those black holes. Just skip ahead for me and like find a way to like send that message back to me. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> throw throw like a Bluetooth speaker into it. Cat comes first. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's the only thing. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Obviously I want you to go joking. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I, I hope so sincerely cool. my cats are so socialized. Like they're so friendly. Yeah. Like everyone, even the vets, I took my, my one cat. She's like, apparently this is a thing in the cat world that I don't even know about that calicos are like the most evil cats or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the vets, when I took her to get spayed, they're like, we've never had a cat. Nevertheless, a calico so sweet before. I was like, oh. I know. I was like, I just raised her right. I guess people just aren't raising their cats right. Like, you know? Maybe that's how that maybe that shows that how I'll be a good mom. Oh my god! I can raise my cats to be good, so my children will one day. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna be the worst mom because when you go to the playground, you're just gonna judge the fuck out of the other moms. That's so true. I am be... a judgmental person a little bit. I try. I try not to be. I try to be like a really good person, but we're all human, and like I do judge people. I judged one of my students today a little bit. 
<laughs> and he can know this too. I love him. But today we got, he's 15. We got into a conversation about, um, <laughs> we got into a conversation about weather because we were talking about meteorology and he had just been to Florida. So he's talking about the, the weather in Florida or comparing it and contrasting it to the weather in Pennsylvania. And out of nowhere, he just goes, isn't President Biden the president of Pennsylvania? And I thought that was such a weird question. I was like, you mean like he's from Pennsylvania? Because, yeah, like, but what do you mean? He's like, no, like, he's the president of Pennsylvania. And I was like, he's the president of all the states. He's like, of all well, the Pennsylvanias. Of all the, all, all the states. And he's like, <laughs> well, how many states are there? He's 15. He, how many states are there? I was like, 50? He's like, what? I thought there were two. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what are you on about? Like, I, I didn't act like that in my class. I was like, how about we explore that thought is how I put that. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean by that? He's like, I thought there were only like two states, dude. And I was like, no. I was like, have you never heard of like 50 nifty United States from the 13 original colonies? Shout them, scout them, tell all about them. Stop. One by one. So we'll give them the day. So Stop, every state, you know that song Stop, like Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, that whole oh thing. God. No idea. Nothing gone out of his head. Good I sat there like, I don't even, I'm teaching him earth science. I was like, maybe I should have started with better geography in the beginning because I never thought to start with 50 states at a high school level. <laughs> I love you. Shout out to you. But that was, that was a rough one. <laughs> that is, although depending on your lifestyle. So Southern Delaware, it's basically an island, though they call it a peninsula. Yeah. Like you kind of understand if kids don't get like Ohio because you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, it doesn't touch anything. Even Pennsylvania. It's like, yeah, it kind of touches. It's pretty easy. We got the yeah. Sixers. But like other than sports, you probably don't know like New Hampshire. Who the yeah. fuck knows? Is New Hampshire upside down to the left, to the right of Vermont, right? Like the majority of kids I want to Wait. say he's to the right of Vermont, left of Maine. That's my guess. So I'm going to say. Fail that. Definitely below yeah. Maine, right? But like, that's yeah. a weird thing if you never go places. So yeah. kind of understandable, but at the same time, the number 50. Yeah, that's how I was like. I was like, not I was like how, do Two? they not pledge to the flag anymore? I was Two? like, do you not know the stars on the flag? There's 50 of them for this. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, you I, I don't know. That, that really escaped my mind. And I just, it was another one of those days where you're like, hmm, I need to rethink what I start with my foundations with every day. Like, reprogramming my lesson plans now. Yeah, let me <laughs> Include the 50 states. <laughs> expand your worldview. All right. So let's, and we're not on a time crunch, but let's make this the final segment. Yeah, I, I have fun. I feel like you're kind of into this and I'm super interested also. Um, what else are you very judgy on? <laughs> let's end it with like, I have to think about that what almost. do you like I'm trying to think of myself what I I'm super yeah, judgy at like a four way stop sign and if oh, motherfuckers don't know when they're supposed to go at a four way stop sign I have genuine disdain like I'm like you shouldn't even be driving yeah I, I am an aggressive driver property like, rights. I, yeah. like I get real ill towards people who are like um, car across from you just went. So I'm perpendicular. Clearly you should be going at the same time. They're not turning. It would yeah. make sense. Then our turn. And I get very judgy about that. 
um, merging ability. I think a lot of my judgment as an older white male comes with driving <laughs> now that I'm thinking about what I'm super judgy with. I guess one of my, like, it, it, including driving that kind of connects, it's like my <laughs> dad's house, it um, was right along the path. Like for me to go to my dad's house to, my, to school, to high school, I had to drive around a roundabout. And not, I guess not many people have a roundabout, but I did my whole driving life in that first thing. And so many people don't know how to like just enter the roundabout. Yeah, like they kept stopping it. or like waiting too long. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, just get in there. Like just go. And it was one of those frustrating things that was like, I kind of can understand like realistically because not many people have that, but I did. And it just like, it would infuriate me and I would get like judgmental on that. I also get judgy. This is controversial oh. on, on, <laughs> Vanilla versus chocolate ice cream. I hate chocolate ice cream. I don't like it. I love chocolate, but I will judge you if you get chocolate. Like, it's just not as good as normal chocolate, and I feel like it's a cop-out. Yeah, I would. <laughs> All right, so can you get chocolate syrup on your vanilla? Uh, yes, you can, but I even think that syrup's a little bit weird because, again, it's, like, not real real good chocolate. Like, I'll have it. Chocolate fudge, though. I don't know okay. what it is about the chocolate fudge. That's cool. But the Hershey's chocolate syrup, I feel like it just never tasted the same as, like, actual good chocolate. I don't know True. why. No. Why does the syrup taste different than the Hershey bar, but they're both Hershey's chocolate? Yeah, dude, you're like, now we're getting into chemistry. But yes, agree. I would definitely take vanilla with chocolate syrup over chocolate with va Why is there no vanilla syrup? Maybe that's such a great point. Maybe we've we've we have found <laughs> a market flaw. Like, yeah. how come vanilla doesn't have its own syrup to pour on chocolate, but chocolate has a syrup to pour on vanilla or almost like i hate how like vanilla extract doesn't actually taste as good as it smells yeah oh dude it's the worst that's like, bullshit that's bullshit like yeah. why why would you invent something that smells like that but you no can't doubt. eat it like motherfucker i smell cinnamon i taste cinnamon it is cinnamon vanilla extract nope i yeah. like, i add more of you to my cookies and they get worse yeah but you smell like it would make it better Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. That that would be kind of. I don't know why there's not vanilla syrup because you have syrup for like the most random things too, like out there. Like you have like not like I guess it's kind of random. Like you have lavender, you have pistachio, you have rose syrups. But I've never seen them. I mean, unless you talk about coffee, you have vanilla syrup for coffee, but not sure. for ice cream. Yeah. So, dude, that's us. We're um maybe Ben and Jerry's will at some time sponsor. Do you know someone into chemistry? Because they would have to answer that. Like, why? I do. Has... My, my roommate was a biochemist uh, double major. She did biochemistry and neuroscience. She was a smarty pants. She was really smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can well, get, yeah, get out to the, that person. Yeah, focus her on why is there no vanilla syrup? Because. Or another. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, that. I'm actually amazed in 41 years of my life that I never thought why there's no there's strawberry syrup to make strawberry milk yep. there's chocolate syrup to make chocolate milk but is it be is it milk driven now i'm wondering if there's a milk conspiracy because quick yeah. has chocolate powder strawberry powder but like you don't need vanilla powder to add to white milk already because, because you know, they, they do have like almond milk like vanilla almond milk but why don't they have vanilla and normal milk yeah it's not why does the syrup, almond milk though, get man. to be vanilla but the normal yeah, milk doesn't that's a little like i don't know 100 percent rude i guess dude all right um what other aspects of life is there to be judgy i feel like i'm not super judgy on clothing I feel like I'm not. I can't be judgy on clothing because I have no sense of style. Like I, I have no right to be judgy in that space. 
but I do, I guess, like, I do get judgy on, like, like people who don't fact check themselves. That actually does piss me off. I'm like, well, if you were going to argue with me, then you might as well, like, at least have some sort of source or, like, even a source that I can look at to debate it or, like, you know, something that that really makes me mad. Like, my mom will just pull shit out of her ass. And I'm just like, what are you on about? Like, where did this come from? Like, what? subreddit have you been looking at that I need to like address this issue with you like I don't know like stuff like that was really annoying um back to the ice cream one the term jimmies over sprinkles that's gross if you're calling it jimmies don't talk to me (laughs) I don't like that what is is there a difference between jimmies and sprinkles so the only way I like I've heard it like people I don't there might be a difference but I've always thought they were like the same thing but like codename kids next door do you know that show no like a cartoon show this appeals to like people my age right and, and there was Shots like fired appreciate it yeah sorry <laughs> but like there was like an ice cream episode and they called him jimmy's and i i still think about that episode like why did you call it jimmy's and not sprinkles like it bothered me or people who say um like around um philadelphia area we call rita's people call it rita's italian ice no 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 it's rita's water ice don't call it Italian. Uh, we call it, and specifically, we pronounce it water, water ice. Rita's water ice. Okay. I've yeah, heard but... of the water, water thing. Yeah. As a Philadelphia. I forget what movie. I'm a super, I, I realized part of the podcast is like, help me to realize how much movie I have watched in my life. <laughs> and like <laughs> the water water, it was like a critical scene. It might've been of a Christian Bale movie where he enunciated incorrectly and it exposed his undercover identity. Oh, But I interesting. can't remember what that was, what the movie, maybe American, American Hustle. Maybe. But that's interesting. The like enunciation or just fucking like acknowledging a name because it's arbitrary. Like yeah. you're ultimately talking about the same thing. Why the fuck do you care what it's called? But for some reason- you care what it's called. I get triggered. Same with like the difference between pop and soda. Like I've always called it soda and Mitch calls it pop and that really bothered me. I was like, why does he mm-hmm. call it pop? I don't know. It's, it's an out West thing. They call it pop out there. Where's, like all the time. Oh, I'll get, like, do you want a pop or two? Or like, do you want like a pop? Where's he from again? What state? He's from Ohio. It's really not that far from PA. Yeah, I was going to say that's West. Yeah. Right. No, West. Wait. Yeah. West. No, it yeah. is West, but I don't west. think of it. Like you say West. I'm like, in the Dakotas. Yeah. I'm in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's not west in Ohio. of Pennsylvania, but to, like, to the left of PA. Like, w- what is Ohio State playing? The Big East, right? Or no, not the Big East. Big Ten? Yeah, I, you lost me there. I don't know. Got you. Yeah, like, country, like, yeah, football. I'm like, it's definitely not like the, I don't know, West Coast team. Well, because they have this, like, in, like, NFL terms. I, is that what we're talking about? NFL? Like, I know they have the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, and no, we're not talking about that. Never mind, basketball. See, that's how far out I am. Talk about don't know sports, right? Come back. I was thinking of college, though I fucked up college completely. But if, yeah, if you went with football, so wait, it's it's Cincinnati. They have the Bengals and then they also have the Steelers. Oh, no, we're the Steelers. JK. They have uh, the Browns, the Browns. JK, just kidding. See, I got this. Yeah. So it's screwed me up because Mitch is a Steelers fan, but he's from Ohio, but the Steelers are in PA, and that's where I am. Yeah. So I. I'm almost positive Browns. That's the AFC North. So I guess that's why I don't think of it as the West. You know yeah. what? That's actually, um, you've brought up a great bias of mine is like a geographical bias is I'm influenced by 
sports regions to not think of. But I'm surprised like Ohio is pop for the West. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It starts there. I think there's different locations. But like going back to the geographic thing, it's kind of interesting because I think of it in terms of obviously geology. We had to think about it a lot. But also my telemarketing job, because I called all those different states, I like have all these states like almost memorized. It's like, it's one of, like just where they're at. Cause I, I had to know what location, like what zone they were in uh, as I called the different locations to make sure the people would be there when I called them for this telemarketing job. And then I, all my lists were organized by the abbreviation of the, of the state. So like MC is Montana, OH is Ohio, FL is Florida, like NV is Nevada, you know, like all these different yeah. like abbreviations that like I never cared about until I did that job. And I was like, I gotta get down this stupid damn list. Cause I'm, I hate this job. And I just want to get out. Like as soon as I finished my, my list, I was free to go. So I was grinding through these States. Like I wanted to know where they were. So I knew who to call right next. I, I had a, <laughs> a system. Dude, Telemarketing sucks. <laughs> I, I was going to say like, talk about being judgy. Um, how about we end the pod with you um, maybe shitting on telemarketing? Cause yes. It does. I always feel bad yelling at them if I call in customer service. And I, I know that's not exactly telemarketing because telemarketing, I believe, goes more out where customer service comes more in. And it's yeah. like you want to be more polite, but I feel it's the same type of job where it's just this random phoneness. So, yeah. yeah, dude, spend a little time talking about why that was so terrible <laughs> and why you're so judgy towards <laughs> telemarketing. So I got this job through my stepmom and it was like one of her, it was like one of my brother's baseball friends, moms who kind of worked there and she was like a, a higher up there. I got one of the lower jobs and I thought it was great. Cause it was like $15 an hour for me. That was like a lot of money. Um, and it was, I contracted, so I, I, it didn't get taxed and I probably should have claimed that on my taxes, but I'm going to get tax fraud because I don't think I did, but like, maybe I did, but like, I don't know. But like, anyway, so this job, I took it cause I was like, good pay, whatever. And I, freaking hated it from the moment I started it because all you're doing is sitting there calling 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 I, I used to not no joke play on my phone which sounds like a dream to most people but I'd be there on my phone and I played through all my like games that I could like that were I could play on silent basically and then I ran out of games and I would just keep calling just listening to a buzzer and then someone would answer I'd, I'd jump up and like I'd start my spiel and I was trying to make it more like relatable you know so like these people would talk to me so I could sell them this white paper or whatever but I got, they record your calls. I got yelled at for trying to make it relatable. They're like, you're going off script. You're not listening. Like, I was like, oh, shit, sorry. So then I had to make sure I was on script the whole time. And it annoyed people. Like, I wasn't even mad if people yelled at me because I was like, yeah, I hate this too, dude. Like, I also hate this job. Like, this sucks. I'm sorry I'm calling you. And I, I realized on my end, and maybe this is like a little bit of rebellion in me, but like, I realized on my end that there's a way that I could delete their numbers on there. And like, I deleted their numbers once because I kept having, if they don't take the paper, I have to call them back the next day to keep calling them. Oh. Yeah, it's so, yeah. So I had to keep bothering them and it was the same person answering over and over and I got tired of it. I was like, I feel bad calling this person. They, I know they don't want it. I know they don't want to talk to me. So I just deleted their things that one day and then I got called out on that. They're like, you can't be, you can't be um, deleting them unless they ask you to hang it, to, to like take it off. So then of course here I am doing my calls and I'd be like, Oh, do you want me to just take you off the list then? Yes. Okay. Boop. And I would be deleting people off these lists. <laughs> and let's just say I did not last in that job very long. Like I, I quit, but they were, I had several talks with the upper management. So I had to like scoot out of there because I just hated it. And I just 
I don't know why. I, I just did it for the money kind of deal because, I again, this is when I was in college, so I just needed it, and it worked out for a long time. And, like, I grinded it out here and there. But then I just got tired of, like, hearing these people yell, and I got – I felt bad. Like, I knew they didn't want this – me to be calling them, but I, I it was my job. So, yeah, so it was a little scammy. If you get called by telemarketers, are you more or less patient because you've worked as a telemarketer? At first, I was more patient, but as time went on, I've just gotten like I went right back to my <laughs> motherfucker. Like, oh. Get off script. Take yeah. me off the call list. Done. Yeah, I do try to say taking me off the call list, so, but now I usually I don't even pick up anymore if if I, it's not even a number yeah. I know or like. If I hear it and I pick it up, like I've been applying to all these jobs or whatever, and I think it's one of them and it's not, I just immediately hang up and block it. And like, I don't even waste my time. But for a long time, yeah, I, I did revert back to the, the yelling. <laughs> Dude, that is, what were you selling? White paper? They're called, yeah, they're called white papers. Like, I don't even know what they were. They were like business marketing, like tactics. They were like, uh... I guess they were like information that you could give to like businesses. And some people would take them because they could be useful for their company. Yeah. Like sometimes they're like on the cloud or like all like about like the cloud. I don't even know what the cloud is really. I'm not a technical person. Like I guess where all the storage is on like computers and stuff, like stuff on that and stuff. And I would like, I would just try to like sell it to them and like talk to them about it. And my bosses, I told them, I was like, this feels weird. Like, and they're like, no, they signed up for these calls. So in my head, I'm like, mm, did they sign up for these calls? Or was their data taken from Sarah somewhere? And that because they consented to that, their data got put into this yeah. list. Like, it was just really everything about it screamed scam to me. But it was like a legit company. And that, like, again, my friend, my stepmother's brother's friends, whatever. Like, she, I know her. Like, she works there. She has a great job. She loves it. But she's not in that telemark. She's in that upper space designing these things. So I, I don't even know if she knows like how horrific it was. But now I'm like embarrassed to talk to her because I was such a shit worker there because I just like kept getting in trouble. Like I'm scared to like talk to her because she probably looked bad for like hiring me and I was just like the worst worker ever. It sounds like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I think it was. I don't know. I, there's nothing I could have... I just did it for, I, I got roped in for a little bit. You know, I made it out alive and I'd never go back, so... Yeah, 10 out of 10 do not recommend. <laughs> yeah, well, 15 that. an hour is like pretty decent, but the whole stay on the script, was yeah. there like a call quota or was there, how did they time yeah. or judge your efficiency? So they they actually, because of the website I used to call these things, it was on, it was through a laptop. Like I used, I actually used these headphones to like call call them. That's how old these headphones are. And like I, I would call them through the laptop and um, they could track my clicks and how long I stayed on each call. And they also had the recordings of the call. And they, they knew if I, at the end of the call, I either said they took it or they didn't. I had to like check off whether they did or not. So that's how I kind of reported back like, oh, they did take it. And if they wanted to check and make sure they did, they could go back into my call and hear the conversation, double check that. But like half the, I, I sold like a few, I guess. But like most of the time I was just like, oh, you don't want to be on here. All right, delete and just go on and just like, Again, I, I was just trying to get through my call list as fast as possible because I had homework to do. I was like, I'm, I don't have time for this. Like, <laughs> I, I'm doing this for, I'll do it. If somebody picks up, I'll try. But like, if they're not into it, I'm not wasting my time trying to convince them to buy a paper that they obviously don't need. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah, right? But that doesn't fuck with your pay at all? You didn't no, go just, in yeah, like, No, no. I wasn't paid by shift. how many calls I got. I just got paid hourly for how long I worked. So I actually lost more money by speeding through it in right? a way. That's what I'm Cause thinking. like I, yeah. And I was like, I don't even care at that point. Cause I just, I would start off like motivated. I was like, okay, we're going to try today. And then like five calls in, I was like, I hate this. So I'm, like, I'm just not about this life. It really has to be one of the most unfulfilling jobs. 
Because, like, even when you have success, I forget the Netflix show. Um, It's the dude in Atlanta. He's he's actually a pretty famous actor. And I want to say it was a black-produced film because it had a lot of, like, black main characters. And I believe it was pointing something out about society. But he's a telemarketer and it takes you through the fact that he finally figures out how to sell telemarketing by finding his white voice instead of sounding black. Mm -hmm. And then he just like jumps up the scale and all of a sudden like raises to this like six figure salary. And you're like, all because he knows how to sell, but they let him go off script. But there was this whole thing about, stay on the script but then when he stayed on the script he was terrible when he went off the script he was awesome and it was like let me be me and actually try to sell if you're trying to make me sell selling is not exactly and that's what i did like when i was doing it i actually i i did know that i got more sales when i just started talking but they got mad at me so i was like that that honestly when they told me i couldn't do my own sale like my own kind of pitch for it that's when they lost me i was like i i now i'm sounding like just a robot and they don't want to hear it it's the same conversation every day and it's yeah. So then, so then I got tired with it. it. It was a very, I think I only worked there for like maybe three or four months before I, I left. Two, so three. it was, it was a short lived thing. And I moved on to the pet store and then Olive Garden. I worked it as a server at Olive Garden. That, that sucked. I hate serving. I don't think you could, I, I'd cut my own toes off before I went back to serving. That job Stop. sucked. So yeah. You can make bank, but people in the food industry, everyone should work as a server one day just to humble yourself because People are mean, and they're like, I cried at Olive Garden. I'd go back into the freezer sometimes and just scream before I went back out to like breadsticks. Like, you want my breadsticks? <laughs> there are no tears at Olive Garden. Why are you yeah. crying at Olive Garden, dude? The people were so mean to you. Like, literally, they'd just be like so mad that their stupid fucking Alfredo doesn't have enough Alfredo sauce, and it's like. I'm sorry, but like, if you want more Alfredo, it's going to be an upcharge. And they get mad at me about it. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is my management. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like here and there I'd sneak things and like, whatever, but I could get some serious trouble if I snuck more Alfredo sauce. I'm like, you're going to have to pay for it. And like, then they would get like all hissy with me. Like, you know, like things were wrong or like they didn't get enough breadsticks. There's actually a rule. Fun fact at Olive Garden, I can only give you the number of breadsticks that of the people at the table plus one. So if there's two people, you get two breadsticks plus one. So you have three breadsticks per table. And I would get in trouble. If you're like, you need to start bringing us more than just these breadsticks. I, I actually can't. Like, my manager would be yelling at me in the back. Like, you can't be bring uh, all these extra breadsticks. I'm like, why? Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, I'm like, they're free. Nobody, like, stop. Well, and it was just, like, constant, like, yelling and screaming. And just, like, it was one of those jobs where, like, the if you worked your ass off for a table and they didn't tip you, like, there were so many times where, like, I'd be busting ass, hauling ass. And then... Uh, I get like a dollar, especially old fucking people. Screw old, like not like, you know, like I'm talking like seven yeah. year old women coming in for their soup and salads. Screw you guys and your stupid, oh, you can have a $2. No, eggs aren't even $2 anymore. Stop this. This is ridiculous. And like, I couldn't afford nothing when they can't come in. I, I, it's oh, Olive Garden. I could, I could, wow. oh, you just need a whole segment on like the, the truth of Olive Garden workers. We hate when you get unlimited soup, salad and breadsticks. I'm sorry. Why? It's $11, and then I constantly am bringing out food over and over again, and then you tip on an $11 payment that's only $3, but I put in so much work for all that extra food because I make the soup, I get the soup, I get the salad, right? I'm the one running that. I'm the one grinding your Parmesan cheese there. You give me $3 for all that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's valid, to be honest with you. It's almost like whatever, at a bar, if drinks were unlimited, 
right? Like mm-hmm. if I go to a bar and I paid for an unlimited Miller Lite, I feel like I would still leave a dollar per Miller Lite that I drank. Yeah. Maybe most people didn't though, especially because like the, like maybe it was just Olive Garden. I was but at, no, like, the breadstick salad and yeah. soup. Like, I don't know if I am, that's what I'm getting at. Like as yeah. I'm reflecting, as you're telling the story, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I've disrespected an Olive Garden server or two in my life. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, it's my, in a way, like I chose to work at Olive Garden. Like I could have chosen like another establishment where I don't like half the time I think about when I go out after serving, I'm like, wow, I just took this girl, like, 30 bucks like on this like super huge tab that we rang up between me Mitch and some friends and all she did was like bring out the drinks and then just our like our dinners like we didn't even get an appetizer we didn't get anything else you know like because we're like we're a big group whatever and she walks away with all this money and all she had to do was bring out one entree or two and half the time they had busters like we didn't have busters at my olive party yeah. uh, like I, like she had busters she had runners for her which they would come get the food and bring it out no i had to do all that i had to make sure my food was yeah. up there was nobody to run my food but so so, i had to do all this extra work where like she i'm like i only saw you twice today and like you got a way bigger tip than i would have for doing so much more work at olive garden yeah but those so the busters get tipped out from the tips of the waitress yeah the so i would actually i wouldn't pay out. my my busters i'd give them they they're cool like because i spoke a little spanish they only spoke spanish they knew they couldn't, this is like kind of mean to say, but like they actually knew they couldn't shit talk me because I knew they were shit talking everyone else because I could hear them, you know? But they knew they couldn't with me and I would pay them a little extra and they'd always get to my table first and bust mine first because I gave them extra money on top of what I already paid them. So then I got treated better. And plus I knew Spanish, so they respected me a little bit more. Yeah, dude, that's the key. Like if you're trying to flip and grab those whatever, like rush hour, an extra like five, six tables, like yeah. it could be another 40, 50, 60 bucks. I feel like corporate waiting sucks compared to like mom and pop store waiting. Mm-hmm. So did you ever wait yeah. tables anywhere else or was it nope, only just, corporate? Just all of them. Just all of them. So I can't Jesus even compare. I'm, I have a feeling it would be better because you have a better management because Dude, we had regional managers coming in and like they were like, um, you it's know, those, at you have those like um, screens at the end that you can pay on yeah. and you can do the little surveys. They'd hang up our survey scores. I know what you guys said about me, like on that little thing. Oh, I saw it. And like, they would hang it up and they'd rank us in the back to see who was doing the best. So like, I feel at a mom and pop shop, like you're not ranking your servers in front of everyone else, like showing who's the shit server, who didn't make as much chips and all those other things. Like it was all, all was a little brutal. I did not like it. Yeah, dude, that sounds corporate as fuck. It was, it was very corporate. And I, oh my gosh, this is my manager one day. So the Olive Garden outfit is all black head to toe, right? Like you have a black button down, you have black pants, black shoes, whatever. My pants were longer than my, my ankles could even see, but like, like that's, that's very important to the conversation because technically I was supposed to be wearing black socks. I didn't own black socks. And guess what? I'm not going to buy black socks for this job because that's, it's stupid. They're socks. Rubble. My, I know, God forbid, my manager and like not to brag, I was one of their top servers there because I worked, again, I worked my ass off there. She got up on me one day saying, like, where are your black socks? I was like, you don't pay me enough to get black socks. I bought my whole outfit. I had to buy the shoes. I, I, buy the, I bought everything outfit for this job that cost, like, I was out of $200 so by the time I started this job just for the outfit alone. I was like, no, I'm not going to buy socks. And she's like, well, you know, like, that's really against dress code, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, my, my general manager has been using me as the exemplary, like, this is how your outfit should look. So I'm like, I don't know why you're getting up on me when he doesn't. 
And she's like, well, what if you lean over and I can see your colorful socks? Because I have unmatching pink and blue socks or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally do kind of one of these, like, I call them like a stripper squat. Like, I kind of like squat down and like bent over and whatever. I was like, did my pants come up? You didn't see it. So no, like you don't. I'm like, no, you're not going to see it. Like, this is ridiculous. And I walked, I was like, if you want to cut me off shift, I'll go home. But I'm not buying black socks. Like, this is stupid. Like, I was like, why am I having this conversation with a grown woman right now? And and like, when I say when I did that squat, I wish I was joking. Like, I really did do that. And the cooks in the back were cracking up because they also spoke Spanish. We were also really close. And they were just saying, they were shit talking to her too. And it was, it was one of those moments I felt proud about. But I also was just like, this is so stupid that I can't. Like, I'm getting, like, reprimanded for not having black socks that you can't even see because my pants are too long. Like, that's stupid. Like, I'm not buying socks for something you're never going to see. Dude, you're willing to give up shifts to go to fucking Walmart and spend $4 on some socks. I wasn't going to go get the socks. I was just going to go home. Like, I was like, I'm I'm just going to go home. Like, you're willing to be like, nope, not making the money today. Instead yeah. of buying some four dollar socks, you were. That's what I mean. I'm like, I, I'm like one of your best workers. Like, you rather me just like, like reprimand me for this rather than like, like that's not even the point of the conversation. Like, I get my money in. Like, you've never lost a dollar on me. Like, I work. Like, in fact, I upsell the most out of. You can see again. You can see my sales up there. You wanna Surveys. pull it out? There I am, number one, two, three up there. Like, that's me over there. So like, I don't. Talk about the people going out back and vaping. Don't come at me for like my my socks or like talk to the people who are literally high on shift right now. But no, you're focusing on my pink socks. Whatever. <laughs> That's hilarious. You are not meant to like be restrained. You are a stallion. You. you just need to thank like you. run. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no doubt. I get that from my mom, I think, a little. <laughs> Cameron, we could definitely roll. Although I did not honestly like expect him to go three hours. I looked at the clock and I was like, fuck man, it's almost midnight. I know. Mitch is probably like laying on the couch like, Jesus Christ, because she shut up. She never shuts up. No, I'm kidding. He loves me so much. I love you. Thank you, Mitch. (laughs) Shout out to Mitch. He's like, I need to go to bed and you're hogging the bedroom. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's hilarious. One bedroom apartment. What can I do? (laughs) appreciate the privacy mitch thank you for your sacrifice cameron thank you for your time um it thank was, you so much dude it was fun like kind of giggling and um just going all over the fucking not only this world but the universe through uh yeah. topics with you man i really appreciate it and um dude thanks for like wanting to teach kids i think that's understated i know like i'm a teacher a lot of people like the teaching profession seems to be in a little bit of a downturn where like it's not fun or people don't want to be teachers and i'm like it's actually a really cool profession and at least in delaware you're middle class easily if you can figure out a way to get there without student loans and like it's not terrible you help kids and the fact that you not only enjoy being smart but like enjoy helping kids um inspires me as a little bit of a boomer man so uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you contacted me and like reached out. This was like a great experience and uh back at you too. Like thank you for teaching kids too, because I think it's people like teachers like you that we see you keep doing it that I'm like, oh they can keep doing it, I can get there too. So no, really, like genuinely, like, they can sometimes, keep like doing when it. the kids really like asking you if there's fifty states, I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can Yeah, no. You you start to just laugh at it and accept like, holy shit, for the next whatever. If you taught that grade for like twenty years, you'd be like, holy shit. Come April 18th, I'm going to get asked if there's 50 states. And like yeah. it becomes this like predictable pattern where you're just like, 
You fucking kids. But you exactly. love it. You love the ignorance love and you love, love like moving them along. And that's a very important skill, I feel like, in society. So anyway, long-winded way to be like, thank you so much for uh, being so pleasant, dude. I was so happy to uh, chat with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciated it. All right, man. Change the lives tomorrow and I'll see you. Well, I will. I'll sleep in. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> a little bit, but thank you, you too, and um, have a great rest of your night, and good luck tomorrow and the rest of the week. Appreciate it. Night. Huge thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Homeboy's been down since just about day one. If you have not already, search him up, Andre Psyche, on social media. Give my man a follow for the fuck of it. Please, almost more importantly, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Five stars, five stars, five stars. If you have not already, continue with your gracious clicking, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're feeling super generous, as in that ching-ching monetary type, go to our Patreon and support the pod for as little as $2 a month. Oh yeah, and if you know anyone who'd like to be a guest on the pod, go ahead and send their contact info our way. Slide them up into my DMs. Later.